Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalms 119, verse 50. My comfort and my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Psalms 119, verse 50. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreekSupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. We would also like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. All right, guys, I just want to throw a quick shout out to the guys and gals that have won in the competition Squirrel Dogs. I was going to say that Mr. Jimmy Enman has come out with a podcast called NSD 411 podcast and what he's doing is he's making the announcements and he's also acknowledging the winners and naming them off so y'all go check it out it helps us out a lot because if we tried to announce every winner of every competition it'd just be it'd be a podcast of that so y'all go check him out give him a like and a follow Mr. Jimmy is doing great things over there and like I said he's telling who wins the competitions and what the dog's out of and such as that. Also making special announcements. Uh, also, this past weekend was the Hogbane Championship. Y'all go and check it out, hogbane.com. They have a list of the winners and all the dogs and whatnot. So y'all go check that out. I guess we finna get to it, guys. This is the Jukebox Kennels, the... I guess everything to know about them. They tell us who they are, you know, how they go about doing things, some of their training tactics and whatnot. So y'all give us a listen. I appreciate Mr. Chuck coming on. They, they have some outstanding dogs. They have a great kennel set up, um, a great partnership. Y'all go check them out. I appreciate them coming on. Here we go. All right, guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and today we're talking jukebox kennels with Mr. Chuck Gallieto. Mr. Chuck, how are you? Doing good. That's good. Mr. Chuck, can you uh, tell the guys and gals where you're from and a little about yourself? Um, I'm from Tiffin, Ohio. Uh, lived here for a long time. I was lining for the uh, power company. That's what I uh, did for a career and... Um, I did have my career cut short a little bit. I was electrocuted on a trouble call one night and uh, lucky enough to survive. And, and it just kind of caused me uh, a little bit of an early retirement, but that got me into hunting just deeper than I already was. So well, here we are. Now, now that's off topic, but I was a lineman for about a year before I, I started the railroad. Um, did you get into a transformer or what happened? It was, a. uh, uh there's an underground subdivision that went out and I had a trouble call and, uh, uh, the line got re-energized a little bit before it was supposed to, and it backfed. And that's how I got tied up on that. That was, uh, um, 
I got a light flight trip out of it real quick. I got a light flight trip out of the one before that. A guy thought I was a deer and shot me with an arrow. Wow. Uh, deer hunt. And uh, so I got a life flight trip. And I got one, of course, when I was electrocuted at the power company on that trouble call. And, and then um, two wasn't enough for me. So I got another life flight trip. I got caught between the truck and the garage door and it ruptured artery in my leg. So that was my first third life flight trip. <laughs> I hate uh, that ain't funny, but the well, good Lord's wife, been with you. Well, my wife always says I don't talk about her on these podcasts, so I'm going to talk about her. Let's hear it. My fourth and almost lifelike trip, uh, Jody ran over me filling deer feeders over at our farm and uh, broke my leg in four places and a half a knee. So wow. there you go. I did talk about you tonight. <laughs> well, <laughs> the good Lord's been with you more than once. Oh, yeah. Definitely has. Uh, and, and just, I guess for my own curiosity how many votes did you get hit with when you know 7200 yep for the guys mm -hmm. that don't know like when you're wearing them rubber gloves and stuff you can feel it vibrating in your hand it's it's a scary feeling i was very lucky so yep you're well, right I, I had somebody on my side for sure that night well you know we i guess the lord surprises you you know it's a it's a miracle you get hit with 7200 and you live to tell about it it's a miracle so that's but, true all right so mr chuck tell us about how you got your start with with dogs you said you was a coon hunter in the beginning yeah that's that's what i did um we had hounds i had beagles and then i had uh hounds for a lot of years and made some into grand nights um and uh i always love squirrel hunting and uh we had a thing called the Kenton Nationals here in Ohio. It was in Kenton, Ohio. It was a real big deal. I mean, tons and tons of people. It was over Labor Day weekend. And I mean, the crowds were huge and uh, everybody would go down there. Lots of dogs, lots of dog people. Um, that's back when you had all your different light companies and stuff. Not that we don't have that today, but uh, I remember back then, if you, if you used a sunburst light, you had uh, cream of the crop. And... Uh, and if you needed a repair, new batteries put in, those guys would do it. Mark and uh, Mark Gatt and his dad uh, would fix you up down there. And uh, But there was a lot of light dealers and a, a lot of dog people there. And that's where I got maybe started in the squirrel dogs. Uh, I kind of always thought about that. And a guy had one for sale, and I kind of spent a bunch of my weekend there. And uh, I bought the dog and got him back to camp. Where, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, did I get made fun of? Oh yeah. What did, <laughs> what did you do? And I said, I got a squirrel dog and uh, I took a beat until that little squirrel dog treats squirrels. And then I had a lot of buddies again. It's like having a swimming oh, yeah. pool. Oh you, yeah. You who your friends are. And, uh, <laughs> so that's how I got started. And then, um, what, what was that squirrel dog? What kind of dog was that? Uh, he was a Heinz 57. Uh, he was a little <laughs> bit of everything. At that time, I knew nothing about squirrel dogs other than what this man told me that just turn him loose and he's going to treat squirrels for you. And, so, uh, so that was kind of like a, like a, I guess like a little festival and a guy had puppies or something. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was huge. I don't know how many acres down there, but it was really, really big. But no, there would be, uh, back then they had water races down there. They had, uh, lines, uh, dogs, uh, on tie out lines, uh, I mean, you heard dogs barking 24-7 down there. Uh, lots and lots of dog people were there. 
That sounds and, like an awesome place to be. Oh, it, uh, it was an absolute blast. And in the in later years, they started, I don't want to say turned into a flea market, but I mean, anything in the, and everything was at Kenton Nationals. I mean, uh, it was, a, uh, I won't say the town shut down, but anybody you knew in the hunting business, especially in Ohio here, was at the Kenton Nationals. It was really, it was just, uh, you make made friends that you still know today because so I kind of was hated, hated to see it go, but how we go to Autumn Oaks every year, probably for the last oh, uh, 15, 18 years, we've been going, setting up at Autumn Oaks every Labor Day weekend. I got you. I, I want to touch on Autumn Oaks here in a little bit, but I want to get done with uh, our, I guess, our timeline as far as the dogs. So you got this little old dog that was a high 57 dog mixed up yeah. all which way, but, ever, but, but the right, right way, but he treats squirrels. And then, uh, back then the full cry was a big magazine and you know american cooner and bloodlines and stuff and if you were a coon hunter and you know we competition hunted and so you know you had those three magazines and i started following the squirrel dogs more in in full cry which was a uh it was a, a little bit more on the cur dog side of it and uh i bought a bought a cur dog puppy and it got killed out in, on the road here and uh i got with this guy he was a writer in there that's what he did for um, a while and uh he set me up with a pup and then we lost that pup and well i guess before that he had, he had come to my house and he had jukebox um at that time he was real young and uh his name was shawtaw chief well we named we changed his name to jukebox and and uh i don't huh. know how that ever really came about but um how was he, uh, jukebox at this time when you got him or changed his name how old? Or- Pardon me. How old was Jukebox at the time when oh, you changed his name? Maybe we're talking in the year and a half old range, something in there. Um, he, uh, uh, the guy came and uh, he was going through a divorce, and he asked me if I wanted to keep him here. He would go around and hunt. He might come to your place and hunt two, three days, and another guy's place two or three days, and he travel like that. So he he was hunting the dog quite a bit, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, he left him here. I'm going to say somewhere, maybe in October, something like that. And, uh, I hunted him all year. He said he was a little loose on the tree and he thought maybe me being a coon hunter, I could tighten him up a little bit. And so we hunted him. I mean, we hunted the hair off of him that winter and I came home one day from, from work and he was sitting in the driveway and he told me, Hey, I'm here to pick him up. And, uh, I did everything to try to buy the dog and I couldn't get him bought. And he said, if it was a female, he said, um, you know, I'm really a female guy, but I think I this dog can win the world hunt in Forest City, Arkansas. So, no, hang on. Before when you first got him, was he started? Was he trained good at a year and a half? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, he was very young, and he 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 really, like I said, I was kind of new into the squirrel dog world then. That dog taught me a lot. You know, we all everybody wants to take credit for training one, but that dog taught me a lot. Um, uh, he was just one of those natural dogs. And, uh, I mean, I always said he had one more squirrel in him. I mean, you cut him one more time right before dark, that dog would come up tree. You, uh, he just wanted to tree squirrels. Yeah. And, he just needed time in the woods to learn. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and that's what, that's what we did. He hunted him a lot. And I hunted him a lot and, um, he would hunt him, um, maybe, <laughs> We had a place here 
in Ohio. It was about 80 miles from my house called Wapakoneta, Ohio. And he lived down in Camden, Ohio. And it was about in the middle for us. And he might have hunted that dog. Uh, he'd say hunt him Sunday until Thursday. I'd meet him there after I got off work on Thursday. And then I'd hunt him through the weekend and bring him back down Sunday night. So we really hunted him a whole bunch. I'd say. He ended up taking him to Forest City, Arkansas. That Well, um, so that's kind of how we had it at that time. And then he he picked up, he picked him up and took him home with him. And I lost that puppy and went down to get another puppy. And uh, we got to talking about him and, you know, I tried to buy him again. And then he made the statement, if it was a female, he wouldn't be for, she wouldn't be for sale. And I said, well, and then evidently he might be. He said, well, he said, he told me at that time, he says, Chuck, you just want a squirrel dog. You don't need a dog of this caliber. And I said, but I want him. And he says, he tried again. He says, I'll get you a good squirrel dog. And I says, he said, if I'd sell him, it'd be for a lot of money. Kind of like that. And yeah. I said, well, a lot of money. And he told me what it was. And I thought, man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought over a little bit. And I went to the truck and uh, wrote him out a check and come back. And he says, what are you doing? I says, I just bought him. He said, well, wow. I got some attached. And I says, well, what's that? And he said, I, you know, and I had no idea what he was going to talk about here. And he said, uh, he said, I need so many rifle shells, too many bricks of 22s. And I need a couple cases of 20 gauge shotgun shells. And he, and he wanted a pair of uh, uh, size nine hunting boots. I remember when he told me, and he says, when the next time you see this dog, he, uh, said these boots will be wore out the shells will be gone and uh uh he took him to forest city arkansas for the nkc world hunt and uh it was a it was five rounds and that dog jukebox is a high scoring dog on friday morning friday afternoon saturday morning saturday afternoon and then the finals were on sunday he called me about one o'clock in the afternoon he says how's the field to own the world champion well and uh, now so that's got started and he did hunt that dog for a while for me um and then um we took over the reins and we won a bunch on him i'd say um so did you i don't know if you said it and i just was had a bunch of questions in my mind but what was that the omcba hunt or what what registry no that, that was an nkc world hunt for city arkansas nkc okay years um uh, you know back then and I'm not taking away from anyone that wins a world hunt. Absolutely no way. Uh, you win that, you should be proud of that. You win one, uh, it's the greatest feeling in the world. But at that time, to put a number of world hunts, there wasn't as many registries as we have now. Now we have quite a few registries, and they all offer a world hunt. Back then, it was OMCBA and NKC. You know, UKC didn't come on, and NSD didn't come on, and USDC didn't come on. All all those hunts until later. So, you had a lot of dogs. I know the uh, uh, Kern Fife Roundup in uh, North Indiana. Lots of times, there was over a hundred dogs entered in that that hunt down there. So, uh, it was a lot more. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't as many opportunities to win hunts at that time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good squirrel dogs out there. There truly is uh, this day and age. If you go to a hunt, any dog that shows up has a chance to win it. And I mean, a real chance to win it. And uh, 
the competition is really good right now. It's it, it really is. People don't drive this far, and the entry fees are are, are high, and they don't uh, they didn't come this far to lose. So everybody that shows up at that hunt, um, they have expectations of winning it. Yes, sir. Now, what year did you say you purchased jukebox? That would have been probably back around um, 1990, 1991, something like that. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. I don't want to know what you gave for jukebox, but I want to know what a nice dog in 1990 would bring. Well, you got to remember, 1990, 1991, the squirrel dogs were not hot like they are now. That's where I'm going with that. What what, what would just a nice dog bring back then? Well, you could pay, you know, you definitely can pay in the thousands. Now we're talking the 10,000s and the 20,000s, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, but it, it wasn't unusual, you know, in the beginning, you know, it probably started out, you could get a nice dog for maybe a thousand dollars or $1,500, something like that. Like was $1,500, like, man, that guy gave $1,500 for that dog. Was that... At, that time squirrel dogs were that there was a lot of people that had squirrel dogs but they were at that time a lot of pleasure dogs yeah okay Mm -hmm. um it wasn't the competition type of squirrel dogs that we have today um um, the price has changed yeah that that's changed a lot but also the style of dogs have changed a lot um um uh, that's true too. I mean, yep. it's a little bit different today. Hey, look, you still got to have a good dog that's going to go tree squirrels. That's the bottom line. He's got to, he's got to get in there. He's got to get treated. He's got to hold the pressure, and um, <clears throat> that's kind of, that's kind of in any sport that we're talking about. We're talking about coon hunting and squirrel hunting. Yes, it's, it's the same thing. Well, you know, I, I want to ask this question too, and this is all hypothetical because I'm asking a. A question, what if? What if Jukebox, at the time you bought him, was, you said, two-year-old, year-and-a-half-old, two-year-old? Correct? Yes. Okay. In today's world, what would Jukebox have brought? 10000 8000 you gotta you gotta remember it's like an auction and there only has to be one person there that wants well, the dog. Well, I understand that. But, I'm just saying, you know, a I ballpark. Would, I would tell you that right now there are a lot of very good dogs selling between fifteen and twenty five thousand dollars, we'll say. Okay, some will even a little bit more, but that's a good you and when you're buying a dog of that caliber you're getting a heck of a dog, but it's somewhere between, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say right now, go out on a limb and say 15 to $25,000 to buy a young, uh, exceptionally good dog. That's what, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. You know, if you're going to run the hunts, that's, and you want one that young that can do it with style, that's what you're going to pay. So, so doing what he was doing back then at that age, looking at that nowadays, you're between fifteen and twenty-five thousand dollars for equivalent. Oh yes, I I turned down, <clears throat> I turned down ten thousand dollars for jukebox two different times. One was down at the Kent Nationals, and and I had a bunch of buddies, and we were walking around, and this guy came up in a jeep, and he asked who I was, and I told him, I, he said I was looking for you, and he goes, I'm here to buy jukebox, and I said he's not for sale, 
And he says, I'll give you 10 for him right now. And I says, no, I don't believe so. I don't want to sell him. And when no, when he got back in his Jeep, they go, what was he offering you? And I said, 10. And they go, 10,000? And I go, yeah. And, uh, and they said, and you didn't sell him? And those guys thought I had lost all my marbles. <laughs> 10,000 might have bought that Jeep he was in. Yeah, and, and it wasn't because I drank too many beers. I just, and then I had a man come and he bred the jukebox and he wanted to know uh, if he was for sale. And I said, well, this is what I turned down. And that man looked at me and he said, well, if I'd, uh, if I'd buy him, I'd have to go to the bank. And the other two boys that were with him said, well, where we come from, uh, they, they call him the bank. And I thought, well, I'm not. <laughs> and, you know, that was a lot of money and it would have made me a lot of money. But um, I'm sure glad he didn't sell him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You started a, uh, I guess, a lifestyle. Uh, it, it truly is. Um, we, uh, we made so many friends over the years. It's unbelievable. Um, people call and say, Hey, we followed you for a long time. And, you know, I followed a lot of guys in the magazine for a long time and it's just such a good feeling. I mean, it, it, it truly is to have people, um, talk about you. And some of these people remember things that happened years and years ago. And it's kind of fun to kind of go back in time a little bit too. Yeah, and they. I remember when you hunted him, or I hunted. I was on a cast with you, and um, <clears throat> it was a pretty good deal. It's, it's it's really great. Now, for the people that don't know or hadn't seen a picture of him, what did jukebox jukebox look like, size wise, color wise, all that? Um, he was probably, uh, uh, probably. I'm just gonna guess, probably 45 pounds. Uh, you know, uh, he uh, uh, he was a light Brendel. Uh, had four white feet, uh, had a good mouth on him. Um, like I said, that dog taught me. Uh, he he really did. I mean, he just, he did it the way you hoped he, a dog would. Hey, you cut him loose and he got in there. He got in there. I mean, when he, he barked, he he didn't bark on the ground. When he opened his mouth, he was a tree. Wow. And he was a real easy dog to tree. And, um, he was a pretty good tree dog too. You know, he, um, uh, one of my, my partner here, Ronnie Smith, um, refers to different dogs as woodpeckers, just peck, 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 peck. Yeah. And, 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 uh, uh, this dog, uh, he was a nice tree dog. He, he truly was. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Would you say he was ahead of his time the way he hunted? Like, did he get deep if he, if he had to, or, um, I probably describe him this way. Um, very seldom would he outrun his mouth. You know, now you can talk about windy days or crummy days and, or you can talk if you were hunting in the hills and you, you know, he was in a different holler or something like that. But, um, uh, he, he pretty much didn't blow the country, but yet he didn't hunt besides you either. I mean, when you turned him loose, he was going to find a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, he handled really well. Um, uh, and uh but i would say you know and he had a good mouth so that helped him you know what i'm saying that yes sir. you know when you get when you get the total package that's what you hope for you hope for a dog that gets in there and gets treated and it's got a good mouth and you know and maybe doesn't hurt your eyes when you look at him but yeah i don't think anybody's ever seen an ugly dog at the tree you know well what I, mean? I, I heard uh i can't remember who said it i heard somebody on a podcast said you know the that you know what color dog do you like i like two feet on a tree (laughs) 
you know that's yeah it don't matter if it's yellow if it's brindle if it's whatever black if it's got two feet on a tree and it holds a tree and sounds good i like it me too so um let me ask this question i guess you said that he wouldn't normally out out hunt his mouth i i really am intrigued by the animals that go out so far and then it's like whoop I'm 550 yards. I need to start circling to the right. Now, would he come back and check in after so long, or would he just stay gone until he was treated? No, he, he, he'd he come by. Um, you know, he'd come by from time just to time. Just to make yeah, sure yeah. he was in the general area. Yep, and uh, that dog never liked to hunt where he already hunted. Yeah. You had a hard time pushing him back up. Maybe, you, you know, maybe we were on a cast or we were going to hunt back the truck, and uh, that's one thing that i would say over the years sometimes you you forget about it but he never liked to hunt someplace he's already hunted and you know uh that's just something in a dog you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying there was times when you know we had three minutes to go in the hunt you call time out and 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 i had all the then we go to a new spot and i had all the faith in the world that uh, we went to a new spot and we cut him loose and there's a heck of a chance in three minutes he'd be treated. So, you know, it is truly amazing. I've seen my dog doing it too. I cut him off of a tree that he just got off of and he can get out there. And if he gets deep, if I start, if I tone him and he starts turning and like it's, he gets almost to where he was treated at and I'll be watching him on the garment. He'll be like, whoop, I've been here. Let me, let me go left. Let me go right. You know, it's just amazing watching them in the woods know exactly where they've been. And, and, you know, you brought up the Garmin's. That's the best tool we have or ever have had to help us hunt, you know, help us to find out what your dog's doing and where your dog's at and, you know, where he hunted the woods at and, 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 and what's he, what's he doing? Or, you know, you see him move and all of a sudden he's slowing down and <clears throat> you can kind of realize how long is it taking him to treat a squirrel? You can see him slow down. You can say, Hey, he's working something right here. And is he, is he pounding that old track or did he go on, you know? Yeah. So that, that's probably the, you know, back then we didn't have that. So did y'all even have the, I guess y'all had the, what the Tritronics or whatever the beep beep colors. Yeah, we had, we had those, we had the tracker, we had wildlife, we had Johnson, um, uh, you know, we, we had, we had all those and that kept, kept you from, if you want to say losing your dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I could go back and hunt like yeah. If my collar starts getting a little low, I'm. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I I kind of like where we're at. Yes, sir. I love this technology. Now it's a bad thing too, but I I like the the user ability of how how nice it makes life. I guess. Yep. But I guess the last question I wanted to ask while I was talking about the uh, hunting. You said that when he was young, a guy brought him to you because he was a little loose on the tree. Did that come with age? Because you said you didn't really know a whole lot about squirrel dogs at the time, or is that something that you oh. kind of messed with him with, or what? Well, and that guy was knowledgeable that brought him to me, and we had talked it over and stuff. And there's one thing that we do here with every single dog. Now, when I say these things, um, I don't want to be the know-it-all, and I don't want to be the guy guy that talks about how you should train your dog yes sir when i tell you what what we do that's what we do and that's i'm not telling anyone that's what they have to do uh 
I'm just saying something that works for us. Yes, and um, right now, Ron Smith and Blake Perkins, uh, my son, Mark, has hunted a lot. He, he's put a lot of titles on dogs and, and uh, Jake Perkins. We've got a nice group of people right here. And uh, one thing that we all do every single time, uh, we don't care if that squirrel's timber now when we're walking in. We don't care if we're looking. We walk to that tree and we tie that dog at every single tree. Uh-huh. Every tree, I don't care if it's Siri and she's got six world hunts under her belt. She gets tied before any squirrel comes out of that tree or before the shooting starts. Yes, sir. That's what we do. I'm not, um, we have it in our minds that that dog did its job. Okay. When it trees, it's over. Uh, that dog doesn't have to t- timber uh, a treeing squirrel, and I'd rather it not. Uh, I'll tell you why. And this is our way of thinking. Yes, sir. Uh, that dog trees a squirrel, and it's treated pretty good, and, and pretty soon uh, it shuts up. And then maybe it barks a little bit, and then you look at your garment, and it's moving. So what is this dog doing? Is he timbering a squirrel, or isn't he timbering a squirrel? Well, when you get up there, and that dog looks like he's lost, what did he do? Did he leave the tree? Yeah. We it's hard know. to correct that. It, you're right. So when he when he decides that or she decides that she's tree, we're going to go in there and we're going to. Now, if uh, I got some real good shooters, like when Blake comes around and we got to kill the squirrel over five trees, um, <laughs> uh, we once that squirrel's dead, we can carry that squirrel back there and uh, throw it to the dog and it's over with and away we go. But I don't want to loosen that dog at the tree. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, well the you know that's the thing that's a common thing with we've had quite a few guys that's been in the world a long time alan franklin adam o'donnell mark morris and all the unless you're just a pleasure hunter and your your main goal is just you don't care if your dog's loose on a tree but everybody is tiring their dog for the most part you know yep they get ours get tied at every every single tree that's that's just how like I said, that's how we do it. And, and the people you mentioned, they're really good people too. They've been in the business a long time. They know what it takes. Um, you know, um, people, I get a lot of people that call and they, they're going to get a pup or they want a dog or whatever. And they say, well, I don't want a competition dog. I want a pleasure dog. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> most of our dogs are going to be, they're going to be a pleasure dog or they're our competition dog. I like a dog maybe that doesn't open his mouth other than when it's treed and once you bark i want to be able to put you on the paper yeah we we kind of have to have that but um uh you still like all those things when you treat your dog and if you can't get to it or if you got to walk around something or it's going to take you a little while to get there you want that dog to stay treed and i think everybody kind of wants that yes sir yes sir well you know and i want to preface this uh which Everybody on our podcast heard this multiple times. Uh, all these are opinions, you know, love it, hate it. You know, this is what works for you. And, and you know what, it, it's good to have other ideas because if the idea that you're doing right now don't work for you, maybe Mr. Chuck's got something that works for you. Maybe Alan Franklin had something or Adam O'Donnell, but all these are opinions. These aren't written in stone have to do. Yep. I agree. I agree with that. And, Believe me, I'm not afraid to steal somebody's idea. If somebody's got something that works and I never thought about using it, or maybe I thought about using it, and uh, I'll give you for an example. Uh, 
uh, I was down to Scott Ingalls the other day and, 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 and uh, we were all sitting around and we were talking. And one of the things that now those guys have won a lot in the hound uh, events. And uh, one thing he uses is, is a, a dog walker. Yes, sir. And him and I had a long conversation and, you know, he swayed me and says, you know, you need to do this and you ought to try this and this works for me. And, um, I agree. So I went out and bought a dog walker, me and Ronnie and Blake and stuff. And we got her all hooked up, ready to go. And we got dogs on it now. And it gives us a little bit more of an edge. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, if, I, if you're not trying to better your kennel or your dog or, or whatever your program, then in all reality, it's not going to get better. And, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, we, we've got some of the best equipment that we can have. And uh, this was just one thing to help us keep dogs. We, we've used a treadmill over the years and stuff, but I can put four dogs on this walker and I'm exercising four dogs. We can hunt some young dogs, keep the older dogs in shape or, uh, but it really works good. So I kind of stole an idea from someone else. Well, and when I had Greg on, I think you actually got Greg's, didn't you? Yep, I got it from Greg Maynard. It's yep. a carousel, ain't it? It looks like a horse walker. Yep, that's exactly. We, uh, uh, Greg had some ideas, and we had some ideas. And um, uh, uh, one of those, a walker, if you just put your lead on it, the dog can kind of travel and almost cheat on you. And so we put some drops on it and some supports on it, and we kind of we kind of eliminated a lot of that uh if you want to say cheating the dog, they yeah. get smart. And, uh, but yep, I, uh, I got it from Greg and, and, and him and Scott are together on stuff and they both had one and he wasn't using it that much. And I said, Hey, if you want to sell it, I'll buy it. And we went down and Ronnie Smith and I went down the hardest rain. I think I've ever been in, in about 20 years. <laughs> but we took the home. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right, let's get to the, uh, Let's talk about a little bit of the breeding from Jukebox. So, at what point did you decide you, you know what, I'll uh, I'll cover him on a female and let's see what he throws. Was that a couple year old, three year old, four year old? No, uh, that was later on in life for him. Um, you got to remember, I told you, he taught me a lot. Well, we were having a blast. I mean, we're going to this hunt and this hunt and this hunt and this hunt and over here and over there, and I mean, we're just. We're tearing it up. We're having a blast. Last thing I thought about doing was breeding. All I wanted to do was hunt this dog. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden, um, I don't know, I would say it was probably five years old. We started breeding him. And next thing you know, uh, you know, this guy started having some nice puppies. And that's, and this guy had a litter of pups. And, and then pretty soon it got a lot bigger. It, it, it did. And uh, we never hunted jukebox on coon. Uh, uh, until later on, I'm going to say when he hit that roughly five year old, six year old, maybe something like that, probably six years old, we started hunting him on coon. And I remember it was like yesterday, Mark begged me to take this dog coon hunting. Now look, we had other dogs in the kennel that were coon dogs. Well, I was going to ask wanted, that. Did you get away from at this time when you're squirrel hunting a lot, was you still coon hunting also with the hounds? Oh yeah. Uh, well, hounds and the curs. I also had curs that we were coon hunting with, but okay. yes, no, 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 we, uh, uh I think 90% of my career, um, 
I'd work tons of overtime all year long. I'd save every day of vacation. When it hit the first night of coon season, there was a lot of years we'd hunt all night, take the next day off, uh, hunt all night, go to work the next day, that kind of thing. And we spread that vacation. And then when I got more, but we took our vacation coon hunting. That's that's yes, what I did a lot of years. But we started hunting jukebox on coon and Mark just drove me nuts. He wanted to take this dog coon hunting. Finally, I was waiting on some guys to go. And I finally told him, I says, go, you want to take him? Take him. So these guys came and we're still, we're just getting ready to, to go out. Mark pulled back in the driveway and he dropped the tailgate. He goes tree one, he threw a coon out, tree, coon, tree two, he threw a coon out, tree three, and he, he threw four coon on the on the ground. And he said, uh, I thought you said he wasn't a coon dog, Dad. Wow, <laughs> said, the first time? wasn't a coon dog, I just said. And Mark was eight up and he has been his whole life. Now that, eight up. That, that was the first time he... Jukebox have been coon hunted? Yeah. It's, you know, Holy we, moly. Mark, uh, Ronnie and I are kind of on the same page a little bit to where um, we don't like to hunt the dogs that were, say, competition hunting on squirrel and coon. And the reason we don't is because, okay, um, you know, a dog can fall in love with a coon or it's a little more scent and, um, really it's probably a little easier to tree than yeah. a squirrel. You know, squirrel up and down and log and this and that. I don't I still don't know how a dog can figure it out, but they do. And uh but Ronnie and I don't like like late morning, you know, this you're hunting squirrels and they come across that coon track and I don't want them or we hope that they don't pound that coon track, you know, trying to tree that coon that moved real real late or real early or uh, late in the morning. Uh, we later on, that's okay. Now we, I know we took the Charlie dog and he won a state hunt and we hunted him in a night hunt, coon hunt, and he, he won them both. Babe did the same thing. I, I did the same thing. Siri did the same thing. Siri did it in a world hunt. She won the squirrel hunt and the coon hunt. Wow. And those dogs were never hunted. Those dogs were never hunted coon until really? they hunt. Like Siri won the world coon hunt and she'd not been coon hunted? Nope. You just had to stick her in there. Well, we won the squirrel hunt during the day. And we had other some other dogs that we were gonna hunt hunt that night. And uh we stuck Siri in there and um you know, like the reason we did that is like they have a combination. Yes, sir. Combo dog. Okay. So if we won the state hunt and if we stand, we got a another cast win in in the night hunt. You could get a combination title on your dog. Well, Siri won the uh, world coon hunt in the afternoon. We put her in the world coon hunt that night, and she won them both. Wow! What what registry was that? Uh, that was uh that was at Eleanor, Indiana. The uh, Kern Feist uh, Roundup, the one that I said used to have. It used to have tons and tons of dogs, and it still is one of your larger hunts. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, a, that's that's amazing. Went a went a hunt and hadn't been coon hunting. Now, well, it's just something I think you know. There again, the dogs. You know what I'm saying? They just uh, I I could have a hound if I want to, and I have nothing at all against hounds, and I like to go out with them. But um, man, uh, these cur dogs for me, they just do it. I mean, I can squirrel hunt with them, and we call them our squirrel dog, and take them out tonight. We call our 
coon dog. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you still don't like to, if you're pushing a dog in competition for squirrel, you still don't like to coon hunt them while you're doing that? That's right. Okay. Yeah. But once you get, your, they get, I guess, to retirement age or whatever, you'll take them out and pleasure hunt coon. Right. And, and, and you know, here's the thing, you know, uh, uh, sometimes what determines how long we're going to hunt a dog is what do we got coming on behind it? Or maybe like Siri right now, Siri in high voltage, uh, uh, she's won six world hunts and she has no sign of stopping. She's not losing a step. Uh, she knows how to tree a coon or I'm sorry, tree a squirrel. And uh, it's like, uh, so like this, if you want to say this dog walker we got, um, that's going to help us keep in Syrian shape. Mm-hmm. Got some younger dogs that were really pushing harder in the woods and they can learn all the tricks of the trade. And Siri just has to stay in shape, and she's ready to go to the hunt on Saturday. Yeah, because she knows how to tree already. She knows how. I can't. We could take her another hundred times, and she's not going to learn how to tree a squirrel any better than what she does yeah. today. At at the time, you're all you're doing is really conditioning her. That's correct. Yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we would like to take this time to thank Precision Aluminum Fabrications for their support in sponsoring the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. They specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes, aluminum water tanks, and aluminum toolboxes, which are all built to the customer's request. They guarantee the best price on the market while maintaining a top quality product. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana, and you can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or on their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. So if you are in need of a product or a service, please check them out. Uh, I want Before we get into some of these other dogs, I had a couple more questions about, I guess, Jukebox. Is, is there anything that he put in puppies that I guess you saw repeatedly? Like, did they have a certain tree style, or did they do anything the same? Um, yeah, to answer your question, um, we have a lot of dogs that, uh, and people call us and ask us this. Um, we've got some pretty good tree dogs, you know what I'm saying, to where they, um, I'm not saying that they're going to bark 120 minutes or 20 barks a, a, a minute like a hound's going to, but yet they tree fairly hard. You know what I'm saying? They they got some good voices on them. Um, uh, and I always said jukebox had a heart. And I said, I, you know, and, and we do see, see things like that. You know, I'll say, you know, the, people ask me all the time, was jukebox the best dog you had? I said, well, <laughs> you know, I'm splitting hairs. You know what I'm saying? When, when you talk this many dogs and, you know, they always say, boy, if a guy has one good dog, you're a lucky man. And I, we just, I don't know why or how, um, uh, you know, I'm hunting with some really good people here. You know, the guys that, that are here with, with Blake and Ronnie and Mark and, and Jake and all those guys. Um, well, let's, uh, while we're at, well, while we're there, let me ask this question and I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. If you get to heaven, the good Lord says you get one dog to hunt for eternity, which dog, and it can be any dog that you've had. Which one you going to well, say? I guess I'm probably going to tell you the old man. I'm going to probably tell you jukebox because 
not only did he do it, he kind of helped a lot of other dogs do it. You know, Secretary was the best racehorse any of us will ever watch run. Yeah. How it is. But the thing about Secretariat was he never could reproduce himself. And in the Kerr dog world, you got to remember, we started when Kerr was just kind of a mixed up dog. And, and, you know, uh, man, I got two registered dogs over there. And then, well, what's that dog? And the guy said, well, that's just no Kerr dog. But that Kerr dog probably was his meat dog. That dog was the one that treated his coon for me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. and over the years, um, there's a got there's a, a lot of good lines of dogs out there. There truly is. I mean, uh, we're talking about our our line tonight, and that's great. And I'm really happy we are. But there's a lot of good line of dogs out there. There really truly is. And we we mix our blood with some of these other guys here and there. And we do a lot of line breeding. We do. Um, uh, I'm kind of careful what I uh, mix and match as far as what ourselves are. Or what, what we're going to hunt and what's worked for us. Um, if it's not broke, I'm not going to fix it. Well, while we're talking about that, is there, is there a certain line that you've noticed that kind of seems to always be a hit that you can cross uh, them on? And I'm not afraid to use names or lines of dogs. I, uh, you know, I try not to be a jealous type of person. Alan Franklin's Thunder Dogs and Jukebox Dogs, um, they mix really, really, really well. Uh, and Alan will tell you the same thing. Uh, you can look at some of his past uh, world champions and good stud dogs. Uh, they might have came out of a jukebox female. And well, some of our that we've hunted, um, the babe dog had a lot of thunder blood in her. Um, and so that bloodline, Alan, Alan hunted thunder when I hunted jukebox. And we hunted against each other. And I think you could flip a coin who was going to win. And we probably should have did it that way. And I want to say this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they both are really good dogs, but what both of those dogs have done is reproduce. Yes, sir. And her dog years ago, it was a hybrid. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it was a hybrid. It was kind of a one and done deal. When that dog died, I mean, you didn't breed it to different dogs and stuff like that. And then the next thing you know, you get the registries going and, and now you're starting to follow a certain dog. And, and the next thing you know, somebody breeds to that dog. And, and that's how lines of dogs to get started did, did you ever reach out to whoever bred him and see if maybe you could get another one out off the same cross or did you just from what i from what i understand and you know we're going back a long time yeah. and people ask me this all the time um uh an old guy had it i think it was like an old indian had this had this dog out there oh, hey. and this is how it how it got started and you know the dog just showed that natural ability when the guy i bought it from went and picked it up and uh you know it treats some squirrels for him right off the bat and when that guy brought it to me i mean this dog was young and i mean he was going in there and getting squirrels treated and i thought my god what is it this is how it's supposed to be and yeah and anybody will tell you if you get a natural that's what you all want yes that's what we all well and I- the more I didn't know if maybe you was like, maybe I could get it when he was two or three, you might've tried to reach out to that guy and be like, look, you got any more off of this cross stuff? Not, not really because he was doing uh, what you wanted. He was doing everything I wanted. And, you know, I told you at three years old, I wasn't thinking about breeding. I wasn't thinking about getting another dog. I, I was enjoying, enjoying the ride that we were, we were on right then, you know, and, 
Um, yeah, that's, uh, but that, and then, you know, then when he got a little older, then we started thinking like, Hey, maybe we ought to get a pup going here. Or, you know, we need to get something else going here. And, uh, but, uh, okay. So I want to, to get to, I heard your kennel. Y'all have how many people that I guess are associated with your kennel? What would you cons- what would you call it? Are they half owners, part owners, or well, they just hunt here, for here's you? The thing. Here's the thing. Um, my son was in it for a long time. Mark uh, was, and Mark put a lot of titles. I like Augie. I think he probably put five world titles on Augie and and stuff like that. And then uh, uh, Mark got married and went through a little bit of a divorce here, and that kind of shut him down just for a little bit or you know in the competition stuff right yeah. there. Ronnie Smith has probably been with me for I'm gonna say 20 years, I'm gonna guess. And with me and Ronnie, at first, you know, we were kind of partners on this dog and then maybe we'd be partners on this dog over here. And now it kind of all run together. Um so Ronnie and I are uh, we always check with each other what we want to do or how we want to do it. And, and we picked up Blake Perkins and Blake's probably been with us maybe eight years now, <clears throat> something like that. And uh, uh, he's a real dog person too. That That's where we're really lucky. Uh, you know, I, I drank and didn't do anything except hunt these dogs for years and years. And a lot of motel rooms, a lot of miles, a lot of early mornings. And we're unfortunate in, Right now, Blake and Ronnie really run the circuit. Um, uh, we, we've we got these guys, and maybe I should mention Jake Perkins, too, because Jake comes out and he runs the dogs, and he'll go to some hunts, too, also. Um, uh, and we've got, I'm going to mention one more, Jared. Uh, Ray Paul is Ronnie's son-in-law, and once in a while, he'll handle a dog at a hunt. You know, when you have three or four good dogs, I would got to have three or four handlers and oh for sure and you never know you know you might have three that you're really solid on this fourth one he's coming on and so somebody will take him or you know uh these guys work so you're not going to be able to go to all the hunts that maybe we want to but um we have a blast i'm telling you these are the best friends a guy could ask to have um uh, we talk dogs every day, um, what we can do different. If Ronnie and I would hunt tomorrow, and I'm just going to say, Siri, and Siri treed 10 times and had nine squirrels, but she didn't come treed good on, say, the last tree. Ronnie and I would ride back to the house and talk about what the heck was she doing on that last tree, rather no. than the nine squirrels that she treed before. <laughs> and Blake's that way, too. Um, uh, he's a good 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 dog guy uh, mark's one like i said he's he's put a lot of titles on a dog his first i'm gonna talk about this real quick because i'm kind of proud of it but i'm not very happy about the, it the floor is open we talking let's talk well um uh we were hunting in a, a wtda hunt and jay overholt was hunting in that hunt and he had a son of jukebox and uh i was hunting bud a son of jukebox and mark was hunting Augie, our son of jukebox. Okay, we those three dogs made the finals, so we had three jukebox dogs. And oh, Jay, yeah. wedding to go to. This was kind of close to his house, wherever the hunt. I can't remember what was at. And he had to roll. He had to get home. So I put 
my son Mark and I in the finals. He was hunting Augie and I was hunting Bud. And I'm not kidding you, it come down to the last tree of the day. Came down to the last tree, and it just so happens Mark Mark and Augie won the hunt. Well, let me ask this question on that on uh, that cast. The hardest hardest thing I did was let him I I still say I let him beat me, but I didn't. But the hardest thing is I don't like to get beat and and nobody else (laughs) does. But I guess if I'm gonna get beat, it was a good guy to get beat by it. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Let me ask this question on that cast. Since y'all had hunted around each other so much, I bet it was rather entertaining because I'm sure y'all was playing games because y'all knew both well, of them you, dogs uh, so good. It was it was funny. Um, we got down to about four minutes to go in the hunt, and we'd recast, and Augie went in there, and he hit a tree, and uh, uh, he come on that tree, and I and Mark listened for a few barks, and he says, Augie tree. And I looked at Mark, and I kept saying, I go, he hates it. <laughs> Mark, Mark would just nod. He barked a few more times. I go, oh, he hates it. I go, this this is a motel he's treated on. And, <laughs> and we got a minute went by. And Mark says, can we move into the tree? And we got we moved into the tree. And and uh, uh, and this not many people know how this happened, but Mark Mark used a rule also to beat me, but he did it and he did it right. And I was really proud of him. I still am today. So as we're going in, I said, he hates it. I said, he hates it. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, just laying it on Mark. He goes, he isn't going anywhere. I go, but he hates it. And there's, I'm going to say 30 seconds to go in the, on the tree and bud comes in and trees then come on the tree. And I go, they're split. Mark goes, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this. Was going to happen. <laughs> We get into the tr- we get in there. The dogs aren't very far apart. I mean, a little maybe a little farther than normal. And there's a step rules and all this today, but in WTDA it said a squirrel isn't found in tree or adjoining tree trees. The dog will be plus. So we go, and then we look at Mark's tree. It's full of holes. And I went over on Bud's tree and had a vine going straight up into a nest. I said, you want to see a squirrel? He goes, show it to me. And I pulled on that vine one time, the squirrel bailed out. So Bud's got a squirrel. So we beat Mark Street to death over there. We couldn't get a squirrel to come out of it. He had a motel. So the hunt's over. Everybody's kind of congratulating me a little bit. Mark goes, I'd like to question the last tree. We all stopped. He said, according to WTDA rules, it says a squirrel was found in tree or joining trees. As far as I'm concerned, this tree is touching that tree to this tree to this tree to that tree right over here. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's all I'll be, be how it is. And so Alan Franklin was one of the judges. Now they come back and they come back up and they come to me. And I thought this is going to be good. They said, Chuck, uh, Mark's absolutely right. That's what the rule says. Uh, we got to give the world title to Mark and Augie, I says, you give it to him. So, wow. Uh, well, that'd be yeah. a proud moment there. Yeah, it was, it was a good deal. That's, that's, that's a great story. I like that. That's a good one. Well, the dog, the dog did his job and, and Mark did his job. And, you know, this day and age, if you don't know the rules, you're in big trouble. Well, because and, everybody you're hunting with knows the rules. And that's what I've been telling my buddies that pleasure hunt, it, it's a game, you know, I'll pleasure hunt my dog when I'm not at a competition. I say pleasure hunt. I hunt him like a competition, but if he's got a squirrel, I'll shoot it to him. And, yep. uh, you know, I'm telling them, I'm like, look, it's a game. If if you're not doing the rules and using the rules to your advantage, then, you know, 
they ain't set up for the dogs to be loose and this old pleasure dog come out here and win them. They're just not. Well, you'd love to go with uh, Blake and Ronnie. Uh, they're best friends, and they'll argue the whole time they're squirrel hunting because, well, we'll go on a little hunt tonight. And uh, Blake calls Ronnie Pap, and he said, all right, Pap, let's go. And they'll go to the – here we go. Well, Ronnie still accuses Blake every night of having blinders on. He says, you got those sunglasses that you can't see out of. He never finds Ronnie's squirrel. Ronnie goes, yeah, I see his squirrel. I tell him he he doesn't see a squirrel in my tree even after I shoot it out. <laughs> the squirrel's laying on the ground. Blake says, I'll give that one to you. That's funny. He he sees it when it's on the ground. That's right. That's funny. So I was wanting to ask about kind of the so there there would you say there's five of y'all, four of y'all, five of y'all in in well, jukebox kennels? There's yeah, there's right. We uh, Ronnie and Blake in here. They're they're here at the house every day. I mean, very. I'm not saying uh, Blake works uh, thirds and maybe Monday he doesn't hunt. He might come down and put the dogs on the walker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, you know, Ronnie will call me uh, from work and say, hey, you're going to go out after work, okay, or, or we're going to do this, or let's do this. And and so, I mean, we kind of interact, us guys, every day. Well, you know? I guess what where I was wanting to go with this is, is, is when it comes time to breed, does everybody get a say-so, or does certain people have a little stronger say than others? Well, um, I... Uh, and that might be something that you don't want say it. I'll say it like this. I talk to most of the people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not that those guys aren't going to talk or if you call them tonight, and, um, you know, if you want a pup or you want to get on the pup list, they're going to send you to me. Um, it's kind of a necessary evil. And sometimes the evil gets really big because yeah. um, it, you think, okay, well, people think they got six or eight puppies. That's no big deal. But when we raise as many litters as we do a year, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of people right here from, from my place mm -hmm. where I got call this guy and say, Hey, we got this female bread. And if she has this and that, you know, I'll let you know in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to give you a, an estimated time about when the pup will be ready, but I'll call you a couple of weeks out. So you got a lot of calls and you know, you have a lot of people call you and want to talk about pups. I have guys that talk to me for, uh, a couple hours sometimes and then they first question they say do you have any pups well if i happen to have one they talk for two hours and they say well when i'm ready for a pup uh, i'll call you back <laughs> so you wait two hours or um you uh you got to remember okay we'll say that uh the pups are ready to pick up june 1st well chuck i got graduation parties that day i can't make it uh hey i got my work schedule um I can't make it. Uh, hey, I've got vacation coming up here. Um, uh, 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 hey, my kid's in a ball tournament tonight. Um, so what I'm saying is I'm working everybody's ball schedule, wedding receptions, um, graduations. Uh, and that can be, over the years, real tiring, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, and then you have to go and get on these dang podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's all right. Um, if we're not hunting them, we're talking about them. So it yeah. doesn't matter. Morning, Jody, Jody will wait every year. She goes, somebody will call. Somebody will call. And somebody calls up and says, hey, Chuck, you been hunting this morning? I said, well, no, it's Christmas out. It's Christmas. And 
I thought maybe you were going to go out and treat a quick one before before you open your presents. I said, no, not today. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let me ask this then. It's while we're talking about puppies. Do y'all sell to the outside public, or do y'all kind of keep with y'all breed? No, we no we no we we book. Um, um, there's some that some. <laughs> Uh, we've got a pup out there la- out there right now. He's gorgeous. He's beautiful. We're glad. It was a cancellation. A guy uh, put me off uh, three weekends in a row, and we planned for him to come. And Friday night, you know, we didn't make any plans because he was going to come on Saturday. And and uh, he said, Chuck, I can't come this week. And I uh, okay, well, then the next Friday he said the same thing. And the following Friday he said the same thing. You know, we didn't get much notice. And so it was three weeks in a row. And I said, you know, hey, you know, this isn't going to work for you or me. And once in a while, you have to say that. You don't want to be a jerk about it, but it's, hey, if you can't make arrangements to come and get your puppies, this isn't a, we're not boarding here. But yeah. to answer the question, I didn't really answer it well as far as what we're breeding to. We have a, we actually have two sides. We have the, what we call the Charlie side and the iPod side. They're bred just a little bit different. And one, they both go back to different breeding way back on both sides. And uh, so we have females that are going to interact better if we cross this one over here and this one over here. And we've did it for a lot of years. And uh, that's pretty much what we go go with. Now, if we get a new one in or something like that, or maybe we got some, if we, if we buy a new puppy and it isn't our line, we want some of our blood in that puppy if we can. Uh, we really do. We, I really believe in line breeding uh, a whole bunch. Uh, I believe that uh you know what you have and every time you open yourself up uh you're opening yourself up to what you hope is good but you could be opening yourself up to a whole lot of bad also yes sir. you know i don't i don't want to skate over this can you explain the charlie and the ipod you said there was two different sides and they kind of right. go back to uh, different blood charlie goes back to the queenie bloodline okay okay uh, we had a there was a female, the original Queenie. We had Queenie one, two, three, and four. And on that side of the bloodline, we have uh, four generations of world champions. Okay. Wow. Uh, at the at the same time, right now in the kennel. Yep, we have the fourth. We have the fourth generation in the kennel right now. No, we had the original Jukebox. That was he started it. Then we had Jukebox Tough Enough. Then we had Jukebox Charlie, and then we had Jukebox Timber. So that's four generations of world champions wow then we've kind of got the side like maybe a little bit where siri is right now and that's the ipod side and so we mix the ipod side and the charlie side so we're picking up see what i'm saying we're we're picking up like both sides like the uh so you're keeping it in-house and breeding one side to the other Uh, and when you asked earlier, you know, what do you see? Well, we're packing a lot of jukebox in them. And, and, and we, uh, a guy a long time ago, he owned Galaxy, Galaxy Genetics. And he sat with me down at Autumn Oaks and he said to me, he says, Chuck, you got to figure it out. And I go, how's that? He goes, I've been following you for a long time. And I said, okay. He says, hi. I said, how do I have it figured out? He says, you're line breeding, aren't you? I says, yeah, a lot. He says, I know you are. He says, he says, that's what needs to be done more often is lion breeding, keeping that good blood where it belongs. It gives you a better chance turning out what you've had before. 
and it made sense to me and we've kind of hung with it and I'm not telling anybody else they have to do it. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. I'm saying this works for us. And we, we've been in it for, we'll say, uh, we'll just round it off 32 years. We got 34 world champions. So somewhere wow. along the line, we had to work. 34 world champions. What, mm-hmm. what, which I'm going to ask this and you're probably not going to know. Do you know how many are squirrel and how many are coon? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd hate to say all oh, that. And then somebody who followed me said, oh, no, you were all wrong. With yeah. That. Would Most you say a majority are squirrel? Pardon me? Would you say a majority was squirrel? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, while we're talking about puppies, uh, I don't know if you want to put this out there and I can edit it out if you don't. Is there a way that people can get a hold of you or uh, like a Facebook group or a email or something that maybe they could get on a list yeah um they can look us up on uh facebook at jukebox uh kennels and just and uh believe me we friend a lot of people and or they can message me on that um usually mark or ronnie or blake they're they're my uh messenger guys Uh, uh blake still makes fun of me every day that he says you're allowed to text without Siri. Well, <laughs> just sometimes Siri doesn't work very well for me or doesn't want to listen, but I've been married a long time and sometimes I have that problem at home with Jody, but so I'm used to it a little bit. Oh yeah. Siri helps me out, but we will get back to you. And, um, uh, that's the best way, uh, is to get on our, our list because we never have enough puppies. Never. Do- we don't have, we don't have a year that goes by that, we have most of our puppies are booked before they're born. Now we're going to get some cancellations in there. Like everybody has and people change their mind or get a divorce or, um, the kids got into sports and we get it. Um, uh, so, you know, sometimes we'll have a cancellation list also. And then, um, but most of the pups are booked before they're born. Okay. Um, back to the, the, the guys that help you out in the kennel. Once a person starts working a dog, does it kind of become, I guess, air parentheses, their dog, or is absolutely. it? Absolutely. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. It, it sure does. Um, I'll just give you an example out here what we're doing. Okay. Uh, Ronnie, uh, Siri is, quote, Ronnie's dog. Okay. Ronnie's going to handle that dog. He's going to hunt. He's going to hunt that dog. He knows that dog. If he treadmills that dog, most of the time, Ronnie would do that. Okay. When, and when Ronnie would go to a hunt, he was hand on Siri. Yeah. Blake, he was uh, hand on high voltage. Okay. That's exactly what he would do. Um, uh, Mark, uh, he handled, uh, like the last couple dogs, he handled Timber and he handled Joe Dirt. Okay. Um, now when we bring, uh, like Blake Perkins in, there'll be times when those, somebody can't go to a hunt and, and Jake will, uh, Jake will handle one of those dogs. Um, uh, we'll say if maybe if, uh, this hunt, um, Blake couldn't go, maybe he would handle high voltage. Uh, and he did handle Joe dirt forest when, when Mark wasn't there. And, yeah, they, that's kind of, that's their deal. That's their dog. Yeah. Well, and 
I understand no. that every situation's different, but for the most part, what I've seen is these curs, they kind of become a one-man dog. They kind of like certain people, and they hunt different for different people. Well, and we mix that up just to look. You know, we always try to throw curveballs at the dogs, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, we don't. We go a lot of places and hunt a lot of places, but we also hunt a lot in our area, you know. Um, so there's times we'll shoot the first squirrel out in the morning and it won't carry the gun the rest of the day. Yeah. We could use that same squirrel. So we don't deplete the woods where they're completely burned out. And, and, but as we're training, you know, we got a dog. Okay. Now it's coming along really well. Well, now we'll start throwing curveballs at that dog. We'll say, okay. Um, yeah, you, that easy squirrel in the morning, that easy squirrel in the, uh, later on in the afternoon when squirrels were moving. Now we're going to hunt you in a cutout woods and it's, two o'clock in the afternoon and it's hot out and you're going to have to work to tree that squirrel. So we try to, and we try to mix the dogs up. We don't try to hunt the same dogs together every single day where they kind of, kind of get used to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we try to throw curveballs to them. Well, you know? I guess with, with all y'all being in the same hunting together so much, it's probably not that big of a change. I guess what I'm used to is, is normally when one person, sells it to another person or lets somebody yeah. handle for them one time. And they're like, man, that dog didn't hunt like that for me. Yeah. That, and Yep. I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. They kind of, you know, they, the dogs are used to, if you want to say all of us, you know what I'm saying? Kind of a little bit like yes, that. Sir. I mean, um, well, it's not like if, if Blake wanted to hunt Siri tomorrow, Ron, Ronnie wanted to hunt, uh, one of the, one of the dogs Blake was hunting that that would be a big deal because, the more time in the woods, the better off. That's how we feel. You know, it'd be fine. It's not like somebody will say, don't take that dog or don't do that. That's, that's never heard of down there. What well, what about, uh, does it ever situation where somebody's hunting one more than one dog or working more than one dog? Like oh, yeah. they got that, two dogs that they're working at a time. Oh yeah. It's, it's just like right now. Um, I'll give you an example here. Okay. Uh, right now, uh, you know, we're, we're marking on the calendar when the hunts are and things like that. Okay. So we're, uh, high voltage and Siri are still a couple very, very good, very good dogs. And then we have, uh, this one we call, uh, black ice that's coming on and she's young. Um, she's, uh, we really like her. That's how I'll put it. She's about uh, a little over 15 months old and we really, really like her. And then we have another one we call her little babe. She's out of the kind of the same line that the original babe dog was from. And, uh, we, we call her thunder. I guess we call her jukebox thunder babe, not little babe. She's out a little babe. And, um, so there's, there's that thunder blood. And, you know, I tried to give Alan some credit and he, uh, throw that back at him. So we called her jukebox thunder babe. Um, yeah. and, and Alex, or uh, Alan's did the same thing with us. He had one years ago that he had was called Jukebox Nini, and I think that's what Thundersport was out of. So, huh. um, yeah. So right, right now we're say those two guys um, we're working young dogs and working o old dogs, uh, and we've got a new dog named Hardy, and uh, uh, you know we're throwing him into the mix. He just was a year old at nine eleven, and that's what I'm saying. We, we kind of bring this on and we might take two dogs and then throw the young dog in and he'll get a woods or two, you know what I'm Yo. saying? And, and so I hope that answers your question. Yes, sir. Well, being around dogs 
as many dogs as y'all have been around, I guess you kind of generally see, you got an eye for talent, I guess. Which which one you think is the hot new, going to be the new hotness coming up, Babe or Ice or Hardy? Well, I would, uh, right now, Babe and, Babe and Ice, and we've talked about that the last uh, probably couple weeks. Um, September, we all hate that month, month the worst because um, – it's harder for a young dog because where's all the food at? It's up in the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these nuts hit the ground and, and, uh, you know, where the squirrels are on the ground more, it's harder to quote get treed. It just is because the, the squirrels aren't on the ground, but both of those young dogs, um, <clears throat> are really, really doing well. Uh, one of those, those, those two dogs, we got kind of some high hopes. I kind of wish one of them was male, but, you don't always get your wish, so you better not complain when you have something good. But both yeah. of those guys, both of both of those dogs are are really really doing well. They'll see some hunts this year too. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supply is a one stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalers to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal or just a leading collar check out timber creek at timbercreeksupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7410 and if you are ever in the oxford mississippi area go check out bob's store now i assume y'all do a lot of practice hunting more or less like if y'all was in a competition or or practice competitions. Would y'all do that? Yeah. Did. Remember when I told you about Blake and Ronnie, where Blake doesn't want to find Ronnie's school? Yes. Sir. For him? So, <laughs> so at what age do y'all start? I assume y'all hunt these pups solo until they get to a certain age. And then y'all kind of, y'all stack them uh, against each other to see which we, one we might have it. Mix, we mix them a little bit. You know, we've had dogs. We want a dog to be independent. We do. I don't want that dog coming in and, if your dog, I don't care if it was your dog or a dog in the kennel, <clears throat> if your dog treat first, hey, look, if those two dogs are together, we can see that on the garment. There's no more lying. Yes, sir. And, and so uh, we got dog A that's over there tree. Now, dog B over here is uh, 150 yards away. So all of a sudden, it's going to make a sprint to the tree. Well, we're going to discourage that. This me too, and that's not what we want. But we also try to mix we don't want to go completely solo. So the next thing you know, man, you're hunting this dog all by himself and it's really doing good. And then all of a sudden you throw a new dog into there and and guess what? That's his tree and he doesn't want to share it. That can be a tough situation too. You know what I'm saying? So we want to make sure they're socialized enough where we don't have that problem. But we, uh, uh, we, we, we do discourage loading that tree up. We don't want you to do that. If you're, if you didn't work that track, you're not getting that squirrel. That's for sure. Yes, sir. And, and we're also kind of real careful. Um, okay. If, if we got, especially two young dogs that treat fairly close together, um, the old way, the old time you'd say, well, tie your dog and holler at me or call me on the phone. When you got tied, I'll shoot my squirrel out. Well, as <clears throat> soon as you, uh, as soon as you shoot that gun, that dog over there knows what's happening over here, mm-hmm. even if it's, and so we try not to encourage that, you know, guess what? Um, 
if we got a lot both squirrels set, that's what we're going to do. If we happen to have a squirrel with us, we won't shoot the gun. We just throw the squirrel up. There you go. You're good. If not, we'll pet the dog up and away we go. You know, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I didn't know if y'all had found like an age. Y'all, I hear some people say they don't want, uh, if a puppy's doing good, they don't want to hunt it with another dog until after a year old or, or 15 months. I didn't know if y'all had a certain time, like, no, yep. We don't, we don't, we don't really have anything like that. The dogs kind of tell, tell you, you know, um, some dogs, probably some of the best dogs we've had come on later than early. You know what I mean? Yeah. About the time that you're ready to say, man, they're kind of good and then they're bad and then they're good and then they're bad, man. And then the next thing you know, something, something, you know, clicks in their head says, Hey, I'm going to be good. And, uh, that's good for them because they get to stay here. But, uh, yeah. but you know, you're talking, how- you're talking about, uh, some dogs start later. Is there a certain age that you're like, look, you're not going to suit me at this age. Uh, you're moving to another location. Well, I don't know um, if, you know, I kind of get the question asked to me a a whole bunch of times, like, Chuck, what age do these dogs usually start? I get that question asked a whole bunch. Well, it kind of depends on how old the puppy is. When was your puppy born? You know what I'm saying? Um, And sometimes just because you had a late puppy and you didn't really get to hunt it good a lot, say the first year because the leaves were on, and you know, uh, you, you just had it was a bad time. Sometimes that puppy actually matures a little bit more into that next year. And sometimes it's better because it has matured and it's a little bit older pup than rather a younger pup. Does that make sense to you? It does. I just didn't know you if know, he was like, it's 16 months old and it's not doing a certain thing that I want to do. I'm going to move on or. Well, and, and I'm not saying we don't do that, uh, but we do. Uh, like I said, we're probably sometimes a little hard on them. It's like if we're if we just don't feel that the dog has it or, you know, sometimes we're going to sell a squirrel dog. Now, we're not selling a piece of junk. We're selling a squirrel dog. OK, now squirrel dogs. People have oh, when you say squirrel dog, not any every squirrel dog is the same. Some guys want a close hunting dog. Yeah. And they, and some guys don't care if it's a real hard tree dog. If it just barks enough, stays enough, they're happy with that. And some guys want that dog. When I cut it loose, it better throw dirt in my face and it better get treated. And it better stay treated. It better treat a lot and better have all the bells and whistles. I mean, you know, some guys say, and I get these calls all the time, Chuck, I just want a meat dog. And, uh, and we do have those from time to time. And especially if they get a little bit older on us, you know, maybe, maybe I got a four or five year old dog, but I got this hot shot coming on at, at two and it's really doing good. Well, I can't keep every five year old or four year old, really good squirrel dog. If I got something I think I can replace it with. And, and that's what, what we, what we try to do right here. And and it's, it's not just me making the decision or it's just not Ronnie or Blake or Mark or, or Jake, we're all looking at that dog and everybody gets a vote and nobody, nobody gets their feelings hurt. You know, sometimes the hardest thing you do is be honest with yourself. And you say, you know, that dog just ain't cutting it. You know, he's a nice squirrel dog and he's going to go out, but he doesn't have the hustle that we need to go on these hunts. You know, when you drive, 
four or five or six or seven or eight hours, you we drive with something there that we hope we're going to win with. <clears throat> now, it might be a great squirrel dog, but it isn't quite what we want, if that makes sense. I get you. I mean, that, that's the thing I've noticed is you ask, and, and a lot of it is age preference, you know. Uh, my buddy's got a dog that hunts a little close for him, but an older gentleman that don't walk real well, he don't want a dog that goes five, 600 yards. So but you're at. You're absolutely right. And that's what I was kind of saying. You know, I get those calls every day. <clears throat> you know, it depends where you hunt. You know, if you're hunting in the hills of West Virginia and Kentucky and stuff, you don't want a dog that you got to, you know, go over this ridge into that holler over there every single freaking day. Let's hunt this side of the ridge out, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, and and uh, people with young kids, they ain't wanting to walk. For yep. me, me exactly. I've got a three-year-old. He has to go on my shoulders when my dog trees at 500 yards. So we normally do one drop and done. So, <laughs> and, and that's what we, ha- that's what I'm saying. You know, if we keep a puppy, we have high hopes. This is what we want. Well, the dog's going to tell you, you know, you, you know, there's little things you can, if you want to say, if we want to call ourselves dog trainers that we could, <clears throat> we can help encourage and make the dog a little better here and there, but the dog's going to be who he is. You know, he, he, he really truly is. If he's going to be one of those dogs that's going to get a little deeper, uh, he's probably going to get a little deeper. And we got a dog that wants to hunt close. Uh, most of the time, a, a closer hunting dog is, at least in my experience, if you have a close hunting dog, he's probably going to stay that way. I mean, you can stretch a puppy out, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, by hunting with dogs that's, that are going to stretch it out. But if you get one that's settled in on hunting close, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to, I think it's hard to make a dog. I mean, you can, I guess you can whoop on them and do that, but it's pretty hard to make a dog hustle. They're either going to hustle hard and get out of there and get deep, or they're yep. kind of not. You know, You're absolutely- so, some people call it heart, some people call it hustle, yep. some people call it whatever, but they either got it or they don't, and, and everybody don't want it, I guess is is what I'm trying to say. You're absolutely right. That's why they make different color pickup trucks. And, and, yep. And if everybody liked the same one, they'd have the same, you know, same color that's, and the same model. That's right. So, but that's, you know, that's, I guess, where I was wanting to go with it. It sounds to me like you're a lot more of enjoying training dogs than you do hunting, or do you still enjoy the hunting aspect? Well, here, here's the thing about that. Um, uh, <laughs> By the time summertime is over, if you talk to as many people, if you want to say that I do, and, you know, when people come to come here to pick their puppy up, it isn't a 10-minute ordeal. Um, we give them the whole show. We show them, we show them we have a nice kennel. We, we show them the kennel setup. We show them all the dogs. We show them where we do all the skin, and we, they look at the pictures that are in here. Um, uh, we, uh, we we give them like the total package. You know what I'm saying? If a guy drives four or five hours from you, he doesn't want you to walk out and hand a puppy to him and say, Hey, thanks a lot for coming. Yes, sir. Uh, And so, you know, we, we try, but you know, so from the springtime until September, and then we got autumn oaks, that's kind of the grand finale. That's a lot of people time right there. That's a lot of puppy time. You got to remember I'm checking on, me and Jody, especially, are we're checking on puppies at midnight, at two in the morning, at four thirty, uh, at five o'clock when say she gets up. 
I mean, uh, we're running heat lamps. We're, uh, uh, you know, once in a while you get a female that doesn't want to cooperate the first couple of days. It isn't like, hey, they had six nice puppies last night at six o'clock and everything's really good. You know, we have to give shot of shots of oxy to every female. And, and uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of time that goes into the kennel other than hunting the dogs. Yes, sir. Now, go ahead. That's where, that's where, okay, so it hits this time of year. Yeah, it's fun to go hunting, and it's fun to just train the dogs and stuff. But you know what? If those guys want to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning, we used to have a deal, I think it was, can't remember what Mark made the rule, where he said, okay, if it's after 2 o'clock, we'll drive to the hunt. If it's before 2 o'clock, we'll get a motel room. So, you know, uh, depending on the length of drive that we have to have. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how we do it here. Um, But we have, and I can't say this enough, uh, I told Ronnie when we first got together not to, he went to, he said he, somebody went to buy half of this dog and him and I went out and and, uh, he wanted me to go out with him and we went out with this dog. This dog was really nice. He bought the pup here and we took him out again and and, uh, the pup was really good. And I think maybe, well, it was a jukebox dog. I think he got it from Craig Williams. And uh, and he says, uh, finally says to me, he says, Chuck, you're not getting it. I want to go halves on you. And I kept saying, if you, unless you need the money, don't go halves with anybody. Don't, don't, you know, just enjoy it yourself. And then you yep. can make your, all your calls. But getting Ronnie and I, I'm going to throw everybody in there, Ronnie and Blake and, and, and Jake and, and Mark and uh, everybody, they're all dog people and we make it fun. This isn't a job. This is something everybody wants to enjoy to do that walkers going down there might they might be drinking a beer and having a pizza party out here on a picnic table and watching the dogs go around on the walker i mean it sounds awesome it gets old hunting by yourself and it it really is it's so much fun i mean we have an absolute riot we laugh more (laughs) (laughs) if you are around those guys and you're not laughing you're you're in trouble because of (laughs) uh like we say, uh, and nobody's sacred. When you come in, we're going to make fun of each other, and we're probably going to make fun of you. And when you leave, you might not be that happy. Well, we're still going to be laughing. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I I understand completely. I'm the I'm that way. I like to pick and poke and play. You yeah, know, that's but that's how we do. I mean, it's but I mean, we, I want to say serious side. Ronnie will get serious, and 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 if Blake and Jake or Blake and especially Ronnie's son-in-law, they go out. It ain't going to be serious. No matter how bad Ronnie wants to be serious tonight, it ain't going to happen. It's, it's <laughs> Ronnie he's a, said, yeah, he had those two guys, and he was getting ready for a world hunt, and they drove him out of his mind. He says it's like babysitting uh, two four-year-olds, and they called him uh, Chaperon instead of Chaperone. But we do. We have a really um, – I'm not kidding. You. I mean, I I know there's other groups that guys got some together, but nobody gets mad if somebody makes a bad call. One thing I always tell them: if the dog tells you to make the call, make the call. I said, and if the dog screwed up, you can ride home. But if the dog told you what to call, he said, "I'm treated, buddy. I'm treated." And you say, oh, "I don't know. I'm not going to treat." And you don't treat, and it costs you the cast. Then it's a long ride home for you. Now, nobody gets chewed out. Nobody gets hollered at. Uh, we talk about different things, a different way to 
win it or what you should have did or what you shouldn't have did, but it's okay. It's if somebody gets serious, it's only for a little bit, and then we're laughing about it. That sounds that sounds awesome. I really I really like that environment. Let's uh let before I transition to Autumn Oaks. Now you had a little bit of uh I guess product testing on Garmin, didn't you? Can we talk yeah. about that? Well, um, what well, we were fortunate enough, uh, Mark Zepp from Garmin um, called us when they um, uh, were introducing the the mini collars. Okay, so they thought maybe maybe, maybe we'll target the uh, the cur guys a little bit. You know, squirrel hunting, you know, squirrel hunting got big. It is, and there, I mean, there's a lot of people that are interested in squirrel hunting anymore. The the fur price has dropped, and you know, and you don't have to take your kids out at night and you know they can but if you still want to go do a little coon hunt you can use your curs and and you know if you want to uh uh you know you can all you can squirrel hunt during the day and the season's a long season so it's kind of a good deal for somebody who wants to get out and so they were targeting they brought out the the minis and mark zepp called up one night one day and says uh hey i'd like to see if uh you'd be interested in coming up taking some pictures and get out i'd like to go out at night and and, and get some pictures of your dog tree and coon and and uh, he stayed overnight and he then we hunted squirrels the next day and mark took a bunch of pictures and and uh that's how we got started with garmin and uh, uh it's just garmin's turned out to be a really really good company for everybody and uh, we're just for, fortunate enough well, once in a while we get a, some product before it hits the market you know, for us to use and see what we think of it and the pros and cons. And, um, but, uh, that's, yeah, that's so, pretty cool. We, and well, iPod make, is on the cover. We, we didn't make, we, yeah. We didn't make the cover of uh, rolling stone magazine, but we made the Garmin boxes. And if you're a hunter with dogs, there's a lot of dogs out there. So I guess that's makes me pretty proud to be able to say, Hey, our dogs got on the Garmin boxes. That's and, awesome. Yeah. iPod was there and Mark was on there and, and Charlie was on one end of one box and iPod was on the other. And Charlie was, or Mark was in the middle with a couple dogs on the tailgate. And, uh, Mark Zepp did us right. He, he really did. He's a very, very nice guy. And, um, we just had a blast with Mark. And so, yeah, we're fortunate enough to, to be able to do that. that that's extremely yeah. cool. So, so for oh, yeah. y'all that don't know the cover of the Garmin mini, that one, the Garmin alpha mini color is ipod yeah that's that's that, that's pretty neat you know i like i said you know a lot of people would and believe me i haven't taken any of this for granted i really haven't i i it, it's just kind of neat to be part of it i mean uh we've been with black gold dog food for 21 years um they've just treated us like gold i'm not kidding you they really truly have a, um that's a, and i'm not pushing the dog food on anybody but our dogs do do good on it for 21 years i mean i've got coyote dogs i've got bird dogs i've got these squirrel dogs and um, i mean that's what we use and well i tell people whatever you're using if you're happy with it use it but this worked good for us that's awesome well that's something to be proud of you know you're doing the right thing you're putting out winning dogs and you're spending the time doing it It'd be something to be proud of for sure and you know there's a there's kind of a a little bit of a line of being proud and and bragging and sometimes i try not to ever cross that i hope i don't come on too too brass but you know 
it, it really is neat to be associated with some of these products and some of these people and, and stuff like that. I mean, we, we're tr- truly really fortunate. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, I guess I'm curious. You said you have coyote dogs too and bird dogs. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of pheasant hunts. I got uh, two labs that are just, uh, <laughs> to, I, I've been fortunate in the dog world to die for it. I mean, these guys, I mean, I don't talk to them. I mean, everything's done with the whistle and these guys are know what the game is. And uh, uh, coyote dogs, I go up to Houghton Lake. We've got a real good friend up there named Jay Wright that we go up to his place and uh, we get that lake effect snow and we can run those snowmobile trails in the, uh, during the week. And I mean, we can run coyotes all day long. So, um, I mean, we do, we, I do a lot here in Ohio too, but um, what's so nice that we got a little bit of a tough snow year, I, we can still get a lot of running going North. Now, uh, I guess I'm curious about the setup. So you, you run a snowmobile, do you run some sort of cart behind it nope. and the dogs sit on it? No, we uh, uh, we just uh, we'll usually have two pickups, sometimes three up there, and uh, we'll just look for we'll just we'll just run those like those like I said those snowmobile trails up there wide, you know they're not like just a little. And we just kind of talk each other talk each other back and forth on the radio. Who's got a good set of tracks, or um, um, and we'll drop a couple dogs on one and a couple dogs on the other and get that coyote jumped and. Now you want to see dogs that work run with somebody that's running coyote dogs, because when they tell you they can run 25 to 35 miles in a day or 40 miles in a day, they're not lying to these garments will tell you how far that dog ran, how fast that dog ran Um, up there. There's a lot of swamps and they freeze over. It's tough running, but for us, if you can run in the swamps, you can sure run this open country, you know, you know, down here in Ohio. But I mean, uh, We've got a, a drive track that sits in the truck. It's a monitor, and we can watch the dogs and see all the terrain. It's um, uh, so we're we we're keeping track of the dogs all the time. Is they're whatever they're doing, or we can see all all of a sudden they're moving out. It's like uh oh, we got one jumped here, and and uh, then we'll, these dogs are are really neat. They're what we call uh, uh, tone broke or horn broke. Uh, we'll hit the tone button on the dogs and blow the horn. And we try to get uh, upwind of the dog, and we do that, blow the horn, hit, hit the tone button, and that dog will be listening for that horn, and he will turn around, and they come right back to us. Wow. You know, actually, in Mississippi, we can run deer dogs, and we run deer with walkers. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's exactly, we run uh, laptops and drive tracks and iPads, Bluetooth the Garmin's. Yep. And we're riding yep. around in truck with CBs, and the only difference yep. is, is we're shooting deer in front of them. That, you know what? You're absolutely you're absolutely right, and and that's what and that's what we do, and and I, and that's where you know I'm a little more diversified than I used to be. Um, you know, hey, um, I want to go kill coyote this morning. I mean, we got fresh snow. I'm going to go kill coyote this morning. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Or to run coyotes, and so that's I'm just maybe. Uh, I used to be, if you want to say a big deer hunter, I, you know, I had horn fever and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, I killed some nice bucks over the years. I really have, but you know, it doesn't, I still will go They shut down Ohio here for a week here and there. And I've got two farms that are just to die for. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I've got deer that you won't believe. Well, and 
And, uh, you know, I'll go out there and sit for a week, but Mark will do a little bit of deer hunting and, and Jody, my wife, she loves to deer hunt. So there you go. Um, but, uh, and I better say this, or I'm going to be in huge trouble. Let's hear I've talked about Mark and Blake and Jake and uh, Ronnie and, you know, uh, the whole shooting match. Yeah, all the guys. <laughs> I don't say anything about Jody, how much she means to this kennel, because I'm telling you what, uh, that woman will she'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning because she's going to check on puppies. Or she'll sit down there. Uh, she's a principal of a high school, Jody does for her career. And she'll sit down here and she'll get that litter of puppies out tonight and socialize and she'll tell me boy that one's really outgoing and this one here and this one here and, and um but i mean um she can't sleep in she's a person that gets up at five in the morning on the weekends um she's got the kennel done uh uh everything maybe uh new shavings in the box and it's it's 6 30 and she'll say you're gonna stay in bed all day or are we going to breakfast <laughs> um, so, i mean and she's very supportive she wants us go and and when we win it's a great thing and when we lose it's okay too Uh, but well it that's awesome you know it it takes a team it really does and and when your wife can be on the same team it makes it a lot easier it's it's neat you know i gotta say one more thing years ago we started now today you see a lot more t-shirts and a lot more sweatshirts or hats with with kettle names on them you know years ago there was some but and we started a long time ago and um i would hate to think you know it's one of these necessary evils but um how many people have a t-shirt on that says jukebox on it uh it's <laughs> unbelievable i mean one year down at automotive i know alan geener's come up and they asked me something about to the fact that what's this called here and i said well it's called uh um, the fairgrounds he's known i said well what's it called and he says automokes and i said yeah automokes and he goes, you know, we sell Autumn Oaks t-shirt down here, but there's more jukebox t-shirts down here <laughs> than there's Autumn Oaks t-shirts. But uh, Jody being a principal, the kids over at school would have jukebox day. Well, Ronnie's kids and my kids would go to school over there. And <laughs> parents would call us and they would say, um, is there, is this where we get the shirts that say jukebox on them? They had no <laughs> idea about a hunting dog or anything else, but their kids had to be like the other kids and have t-shirts for jukebox day. So. Wow. That's cool. Invite in, and you're including the whole community. Oh, it, it's kind of neat. We're, we're really, I, I guess what I'm trying to convey more than anything is these dogs have been a big part of our life and we're, we've been in it a long time and we're still enjoying it. You know, we're hopefully we're, we're putting some good dogs out there for people to hunt and we're having a, we still have a blast. It's really still a lot of fun. That's, that's awesome. And I know I've had you on here a while and I only had a couple more questions. The first one I had was, um, what do y'all do? Do the dogs catch the coats or do y'all finally shoot the coats or what? Both, both in Ohio. We'll shoot them every time we can uh, do it. The, the ones up in Michigan, um, they'll, uh, we're, we're lucky, like I said, we're on snowmobile trails, and, and I mean, this is, when I say it's a swamp, this isn't like a two-acre swamp. This is, this is, uh, I'd say 100 acres, that isn't enough. It might be a mile of swamps. You know, yeah. Michigan's a wet, wet state, and uh, they'll run and run, and then, you know, they'll cross a road, or, you know, we'll know some crossings, and we'll be up there, the dogs are coming down here, and 
maybe a dog that's been running quite a while or the first two dogs got across, well, we might catch the next two dogs or next three dogs and we'll put, say, two or three dogs in with the other dogs. So we're kind of swapping back and forth. And uh, uh, there again, if you like dogs, it's a, it's a blast. It's Here they come and the two dogs got across in front of you. And next thing you know, you put these dogs in and you continue on, you know, we'll say we pick two up or we pick three up or maybe a dog gets thrown out of the race. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Hey, Drop we'll some fresh ones on them. Yeah, we'll pick we'll pick those dogs up. So, um, But we catch a lot of coyotes in Michigan. We really do. Uh, they're a lot prettier coyote than what we have in Ohio, too. They're furred out nicer, uh, just a kind of a better grade of fur. And uh, But, no, we'll, we'll catch them. When that coyote finally decides he doesn't want to run, or we got a fresh enough dog that really put the heat on them. Or the other thing that kind of determines how quick you're going to catch that coyote is the depth of the snow. Yeah. The deeper the snow, the sooner you're going to catch that coyote. Cause he, he's going to, he's going to give up a lot quicker. Um, you know, he's going to, we got deep snow. He's going to, he's going to get tired quicker. Well, I guess the reason I thought I heard snowmobile and you said snowmobile trails, my yeah. buddy, I've got a buddy that lives in Montana and, they do a lot of coyote hunting like for the fur prices, which I think it dropped out this year. But uh, they'll get on them snowmobiles up there because it's all open. And when the snow gets deep, they'll chase them coyotes down and shoot them. And it seems like a lot of fun, too. Yeah, yeah. This Mark Schaefer, uh, uh, he's a real good friend of mine. And him and I hunt together when we go up there a lot. And uh, Mark has went to some different places. And uh, one of the places he went to last year uh, – uh, I'm not sure. I think it was New York. Uh, don't I, don't quote me on that one. But uh, <clears throat> those guys would actually take the dogs on the sled. They'd drive around and back in who knows where and find good tracks. They would actually load these dogs, and they'd get used to riding on that snowmobile. And they'd take those dogs back, and they'd dump those dogs right on that track where they had a good track crossing from one woods to the other, and they put those dogs on that, that track. So it was kind of neat even doing that you know well, you know our dogs aren't used to say riding on the snowmobiles you put them on those sleds they learn in a hurry hey i'm going i'm going somewhere for a reason yeah that's yeah. Pre- that's pretty cool and and y'all yeah. dump on fresh tracks correct that's what we try to do you know we yes. we i guess when you're running deer you kind of have to be really good at steel hunting because you got to figure out where deer normally bed at and that yeah. you know that's involved in knowing what they're eating and all that, right. and then you dump in a thicket or whatever, and jump them up out of their beds, and so sure. you know we we just blind dump a lot of times, and sometimes and, and we, we miss. And we do that too. You know, we would hope for a fresh track, but let's just face it, you don't get the tracks, or maybe it snowed late, so you got snow and everything in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it started snowing at four o'clock, and you're out there at six o'clock. We had, and up there the snows can be real heavy, so you got snow in there, or maybe they melted out, or but if we can get them, sometimes if we can get that dog drunk, jumped on that track and we got a cold nosed dog and maybe he can work it and work it and work it and pretty soon get that coyote on their feet. Or we, we just do that. We'll just blind, like you said, blind dump them and say, head them to the woods. And, uh, now y'all know. running walkers or, uh, well, yeah, that's pretty much what we have. Well, that... um, they're, they're kind of a running walker. Sometimes they have a, some July in them. Yes, man, but them things can fly. We we had to go to about a lot of ours. We went to have and has. We still got some walkers, but uh, 
Yeah, we, we they usually have a combination in them. And, uh, <clears throat> but I mean, <laughs> when I say run the feet off a dog, you hear us talk about in the, you know, the squirrel hunt and the coon hunt. Well, I'll run the hair off that dog. We can run the feet right off those dogs. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. you got that snow can be really tough. It, you know, not everything's a nice fluffy snow. You get, you get snow that uh, starts getting wet on you. You know, that's like running on ice, you know, or you get snow that has thawed and then it froze and you, you jump right back on that in the morning. It's like running them on razor blades. I, I had not considered that. We don't, if we get two inches of snow, boy, it's wild around here. Everybody and their brothers got mud riding and <laughs> sleds. Every two inches of snow, we got sleds behind four wheelers. So, I mean, we, yeah, we don't have that problem. Bit, a little different than what we are. I mean, we, we have Christmas days where you're out there in a short sleeve t-shirt and a <laughs> pair of britches on deer hunting. But There, there you go. But, yeah, that, there's nothing like hearing a pack of walkers or – a pack of deer dog, a big dog, packing oh, yeah. up, running, in a in a wad. Oh, yeah. If if you're on stand and if it's a deer or a coyote coming there and those dogs are getting louder, or you watch on your garment and you say, "Oh, here they come!" I mean, your eyes get 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 a, as big as uh, soup bowls, and it's saying, "Oh, where's he at?" And it, but it makes the heart beat. But that's why we all do it. You know what I'm saying? We all. This is something that so many people have in common that's that's why i said it's hard to get jealous because you know or get mad at somebody if you really realize it it's somebody that you know there's trouble in every sport we get it but you know we try not to have it you know and and it, it's a it's a good time and you know it gives just like you you could tell me about deer hunting but dogs i love to sit down all day and just listen to it or like you said listen to a hunt or how you made a shot or you know yes sir uh, what the dog sounded like yeah that's a hundred percent right. The one thing I have noticed, it doesn't matter if you're running beagles or rabbit or if you're running squirrel dogs or deer dogs, man, the passion that a hound hunter has, it's hard to, hard to argue with. Especially on a good day. Well, not, well, a, I've a, seen, a it's not too cold. It's not too snowy. And, uh, or it didn't rain too hard on us today. If those dogs did a good job and, and you know, you killed a deer at the end of it or a coyote or, you know, j just whatever, or, you know, maybe we run a coyote for a long time, say down here and man, every time we're on the wrong fence row where the coyote got smart at the wrong last minute, or they're really smart. If you move or the wind is in their favor, you're in trouble. And uh, we finally killed that coyote and it's late in the day and, you know, it's the last run of the day and everybody's tired, but we finally got him. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody's pretty pumped up. <laughs> Do y'all get any videos of them? Every once in a while. Uh, let me tell you, it gets real Western in the truck when we say, uh -oh. okay, he's jumping, he's heading north. And what what's really funny is, okay, so um, coyote hunting can be real boring. Okay, we got the dogs loose and we're waiting for them and they're hunting the woods or they're hunting the thicket and they're, or, you know, whatever. And man, it's 10 o'clock. We don't have anything jumped and, you know, okay. You ate all your snacks in the truck already and you drank all the coffee you had. <laughs> and, uh, and then the next thing, you know, somebody said, Kyle going East, Kyle going East. And you look at the drive track. Yep. There they go. Okay. So you, 
guess what? All the trucks want to head east. And then somebody says, no, no, he's going north. He's going north. And then the next thing you know, you stop and turn around. And, and somebody else says, he's going east. I watched him. That coyote is going east. And <laughs> somebody says, well, okay, now we got two coyotes. Or maybe we got three coyotes. So it can get western in a hurry. Oh, for sure. And, and... and But you want to talk about, I got, when I go to the Michigan, it's Mark Schaefer. I got the best driver. Uh, all you got to do is hold on to your ocean handle. I'm not, you're not supposed to cuss on this podcast, but that's exactly what that handle is above your head. Because when you hold on it to it, I have fingerprints in the one I hold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that sir. That makes more curves sideways than he has going straight. He'd be great on a dirt track, I'll tell you. Oh, that's funny. You know, they're so similar. I guess what I'm doing, what we're doing, and what y'all are doing. I, I a few years ago. I got into my head. I said, you know what? I'm going to start toting a GoPro around. And I started a YouTube channel. And I, I've got some videos on there of us running deer dogs. Now, in my opinion, a lot of the funnier stuff don't make it. Because it might not be... Uh, I try to got keep it. everything kid-friendly. Yeah, and and the downfall is, is that's most of the good stuff. Is the stuff that <laughs> that is not really appropriate. Or something that I don't really want on video. That's right. But we have we have to protect our sport in ways, you know. Yes, sir. I mean the wrong wrong hands. Um, you know, we always that's what we're always doing. We're always careful. I put a picture and Ronnie told me I was nuts. You saw that picture of all the coon and squirrel and everything. Well, I was getting to that. Yes, sir. I want to talk about that. Um well uh that was say one of our best years. And I I said, uh I'm going to put that out there. And Ronnie goes, you're crazy. And I says, why? He says, because every anti-hunter is going to tear you apart and you're going to feel bad. He always says, I'm sensitive to people. I kind of am. I don't, I don't like controversy. I don't like arguments. I don't like friends getting in arguments over who shot the deer type of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, uh, and he says, okay, well, I posted that. And we had 80,000 likes in a day and a half and not one negative one. People would say, man, it looks neat for somebody to put up coon and squirrel like that. What a great hunting picture, man. You guys walked a lot of miles, not one negative comment. And Ronnie to this day, can't believe it. Um, uh, and you know, sometimes there's jealousy. Our own enemy is our people. We know, you know what I'm saying? Well, that you know, that that's a true statement. You'll have people that don't know you rooting for you, and people that know yeah. you don't want to yes. see you succeed. That's right. That's right. It, it, it comes down to even the coyote hunt. If we we kind of know this group hunts over here, and they, this group hunts over here, well, the next thing you know, we hunt over here. Well, the next thing you know, that coyote took us over there, or maybe their coyote took them over here. That doesn't make them bad people, but mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy listening, say on the radio, that they're really bad people. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like what are you guys doing here and this and that? hey, they're just coyote hunting. That's all. It is. It's, it's a coyote. It's nothing. It's nothing going to change your life. It's a coyote. And, and here's but, the other side of that: you get eighty thousand, and even if it was comments, eighty thousand great comments, and oh, you're like, man, that's awesome. And then one negative, and for yeah. some reason. I'm going to focus on that negative one. And and that's what Ronnie was afraid I was going to do. 
and, and he, you say, but you know what? I did it. I'm glad I did it. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I talked every day. I talked to everybody, a lot of people in the business. I mean, we sell Seneca dog boxes and I think they're the best dog box. And, and, and this morning I had to order four dog boxes before I did anything. And I know it was, I have a little trouble getting caught up with you because we had to do this and we had to get down there. Blake called me, says we're going over the woods across the road. I said, okay, we come back. We said, okay, now we're going to run these dogs. Um, we're going to run four different dogs on the, on the walker. And I mean, all those things take a little bit of time. And in the meantime, I'm talking to somebody on the phone about a dog or, you know, about hunting or about where the hunt's at or, um, and like I said, the guy called me this morning and says, when are you going to be able to guide? And I says, don't, don't call me until we get some burn down. And um, it's, it's just too heavy and thick. And, you know, people want to pheasant hunt, but it's too hard on the dogs. And, yes, sir. And, uh, so, I mean, all those little things, they just, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I guess I, I never waste a day. It's just some days I can get a little busy. I understand. And, and a lot of things that us as humans look at as, as, burdens you know if we didn't have that we'd be like man i wish i had that you know what i mean absolutely and it's i always say when it, when it gets too crazy i always say well be careful what you wish for, wish for you know i wanted a stud dog and i wanted to sell some puppies and i want to advertise in the magazine and but that's you know jody always tells me she says you know you try to be humble and this and that and i said yeah and sometimes i you want to talk too much about them or say too much about them. I said, but you know, it's, it's my passion. It's something I'm really proud of. I, I put my whole life into these dogs and um, to, there's a lot of people that put their life into their dogs and I was just fortunate enough to be successful at it. And um, you know, and there's a lot of other people that are successful also. And you haven't heard me talk negative about anyone and, and, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of good people in the cur dog world or the squirrel hunting world or the coon hunting world. And, and there is, and it makes it a blast for everybody. It makes lifelong friendships. And, you know, as you get older, you realize, Hey, how lucky you really were to be able to talk about something that you had a passion for, for a lot of years. Yes, sir. And, and to reiterate, y'all's kennel has 34 world champions, just championships won just in your kennel not counting the people that's bought puppies from you that's right that's, that's just uh, that's that's truly amazing i've that's, had that's go ahead no i was gonna say that's just us like if you bought a pup and uh, if you bought a pup from us and, and you made a world champion okay you might not use the jukebox sur surname okay um uh uh there was people that next thing you know the dog was four or five years old and he went to a hunt and he won it you might have found out that he had now there's some dogs out there that got an awful lot of jukebox in them okay what makes a world champion um is it the father and mother that made the world champion or is it the grandfather and grandmother that made the world champion or did that blood really mix back but it was brought out you know you know what i'm saying um and that's when I said that we line breed. Yeah. I can show papers that have a ton of jukebox in them, maybe more jukebox than he had in him. And, but what that has is that has some of the best 
squirrel dogs, or maybe there again, I'm going to reiterate, maybe I got some uh, um, thunder blood in my dog. But those were truly, really good dogs. And I, I can go back to the mother and father of that one and go, oh, man, I'll tell you what. And this female was a reproducer. And this, th these two dogs were so tough. I think that's the secret that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to just throw PKC. I'm not throwing them under the bus, but yep. I'm going to use PKC. Um, you had a PKC world champion this year. You have a female. You breed to the new world champion, which there you go. Smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, before those puppies even prove themselves, there's going to be a new world champion next year. And you mm -hmm. and your female eat and you say, you know what? I'm going to breed to that one. So you breed to that one, okay? You do this three years in a row. You didn't get your pups in the right people's hands. How many pups turned out? Do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm trying to say out loud? That um, you, when you when you bounce all over the place, I don't think you really know, or you're really fair, say to the stud dog, or to your dog. Uh, you know, uh, maybe she was a re really reproducer with dog number two but you was three years old when you're your breeder and now she's seven years old and she had her last litter of pups because you're not going to breed her anymore do you see do you see what i'm saying there's a lot of yes you're not bringing in that good blood back well you're hoping the stud dog can do every so much you know what i'm saying because there's a lot of females that maybe never treated coon and and they were bred to the world champion and I think y'all are doing it right by having multiple people in a kennel because y'all can have more than one dog out of that blood so you know those dogs are getting in good hands or getting worked right and can actually sure. prove that it's not, you know, a fluke. And, and, and something else, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and here's something else that I like. It's not just my way, okay? It's our way. Okay. And everybody, everybody has a vote. And sometimes the person was outvoted. And the next thing you know, two days later, I'm thinking, you know, he had a point or maybe a month later or whatever. And we say, you know what, we need to revisit this one. And we talked to each other and somebody will say, I was thinking of that too. So the person that had was, wasn't a yes man. You know, I got to yeah. be careful. I want Blake to, to talk and i want ronnie to talk and i want mark to talk and jake to talk so i always say hey this isn't all me i might come up with an idea i'll say what do you guys think about this and and they might say hey yeah let's let's roll with that but i want them to also never be afraid to speak up and say what's on their mind because i truly we all truly appreciate everybody's opinion in, in our whole little deal we don't have we don't have the only dog out there we don't have the best of everything we just have something that's lasted a long time for us and we're having a blast and we're not trying to put anything down and believe me your dog wins today i'm going to shake your hand and so is everybody else and that's one little rule that i made up i hope we pretty much stick to it that when you walk in the clubhouse they say how'd you do and it's real simple you know you either cast or lost the cast you know so if you lost the cast and you say i lost the cast nice dog he's got a good dog over there because he may come back and breed to us he well, doesn't have to be our enemy because he won today you know that's cool well you know and also while we're talking about everybody gets a say and is appreciated 
there's one way to make people work harder and that, and that's to feel appreciated. You, you make people feel like their say don't matter. And I promise you one thing, they'll find a different dog to hunt and, or, and, or they won't hunt near as hard or put near as much effort into it. I think these guys can tell you the word thanks is said a lot in this place. I don't care if it's Blake saying thanks for doing this, or it's me saying, Hey, you guys, thanks for doing that. Or, or, you know, all of us or Ronnie or, you know, we, we all do. And I'll tell you what, if you'd ever sit down with us, I guarantee you, you sat down with us in an evening and, and if we can think of stories, which we can, we'll make you laugh harder than you've ever laughed in your life. And we're usually <laughs> laughing at each other. That's, like, that's they, awesome. Blake got, married, Blake got married a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I bought a new Tundra. They were going to a hunt far away. I said, hey, I got my, I got the truck all gassed up. You guys take the truck, take the Tundra. So they did. So they sent me a video of this truck crossing this creek. And it looked like my truck, the same color and the same stuff and yeah. stuff like that. And, and there was water up, I mean, halfway up the doors. They went across <laughs> the street. Okay. Hey, Chuck, what do you think of your truck? So I laughed it off, you know, because Blake's real good on a phone. And he can put anybody's head on anybody else. And anybody's dog, yeah, it, he's yeah. just hilarious. Oh, yeah. So Blake gets married uh, three weeks ago, I guess. So we're, we're there and we're at the reception and sitting around and so they're all telling stories everybody's got a story to tell so i'm just listening and laughing and they go well we got one that nobody believed or the guy that was involved in this didn't believe so we're here to tell him the truth and they go chuck this is all about you and your new truck they go what are you talking about <laughs> they said well remember when we took the tundra and we said it that was your truck it really was your truck there was water up to, to halfway up the doors when we crossed that creek oh my and, gosh uh, and but i mean to hear the story and i just kind of must have had my mouth open like you gotta be baby. really <laughs> it was. And I mean, so it finally got out there that yeah they took my truck across the creek and they got back in their coon hunting and they were clear back in or squirrel hunting clear back in and they went across the creek and jared was driving and he says well he says, uh, uh, there was a guy in the back seat. And he goes to Jared. He goes, this your truck? And Jared lies. Yeah, that's my truck. And he says, how's a young man your age able to afford a truck like this? He says, well, I sell, sell a lot of my own blood. I sell a lot of plasma. <laughs> he doesn't sell any blood. <laughs> he doesn't sell any blood. He doesn't do any of this Oh, stuff. it sounds like goes, a good really? time. I've never heard of that. He goes, yeah, that's what I do he said, not many people know that, but a lot of money in that. So they're going across this creek and they're taking videos out of the windows and showing how high up the water is on this truck. And uh, yeah, it's my truck. Yeah. Oh man. It sounds like a real good time. That group of guys. I'll tell you what, we, we've had, we have a meat hunt every year. We have so much fun here. I, I mean, wanted to touch on that meat hunt. So uh, that's, that's a fun day. So I guess what started it? Mark started it and, uh, what he did was he had, I think, three-man teams. I think back then it was $10 a team to enter, $10 a guy. And uh, he had a few teams, and we made some stuff to eat afterwards. And, you know, we just kind of had a fun day. Well, then it grew, and it grew, and it grew. People out of state want to come. And uh, uh, I, think, I think it cost like maybe 20 bucks a piece. And they pay the first three teams. You can have dogs or no dogs. Most people have dogs. 
and we had to put a limit on the squirrels limit it to 18 and it's kind of funny these guys even find find ways to cheat on a on a good day and in a fun way one guy came in he goes yeah he says i hunted down around the creek uh, all creek hunting today he says every one of my squirrels jumped uh, dropped in the water <laughs> he said oh, okay well guess what we weighed the squirrels it was heavy well, if you weigh 18 wet squirrels and 18 dry squirrels they're going to weigh a little different <laughs> so so he got us when you, and it was a big laugh we just laughed about it but we uh uh so maybe there's four people on the team you know they got a buddy that wants to go along so guess what just pay it we don't care i said who cares who shoots big deal and uh we're only going to take 18 squirrels so you know but let everybody go you know and uh so they could hunt from wherever they want to hunt you could hunt at your place and be here by three o'clock in the afternoon and we're good with that we don't make everybody come over here and sign out in the morning and that's too much screwing around so anybody you call something say hey i'm in you're in okay then you go out and you hunt till you got to be back here about three o'clock and then we lay all the squirrel um we'd we give uh, one ticket away for every squirrel and then five tickets for every coon because me and mark would skin everything and ronnie and Mark can outskin me a lot on a squirrel, but I can outskin Mark on a coon. But I saw Mark. I saw Mark one night skin about 120 squirrels. Oh wow! In one night after hunting all day. Now, are y'all keeping these hides off these squirrels, or are y'all just skinning them? They. Oh no, we keep, we keep every hide, unless it's shot up. We keep every hide. If we sell every one, we probably average close to three dollars a piece. Wow. Uh, Mark started it the first year. He was going to get into this, so we got him a bunch of mink boards and stuff. And uh, We all laughed at him, and I don't know. I think he had about 500. He says, well, I just bought myself a new set of tires plus, boys, so go ahead and laugh at the squirrel hides. Well, then they bring more in the coon hides, but I have seen him skin that many squirrels in one night. No. And, and I, said, I told him, I says, Mark, nobody <laughs> that I know anywhere in the United States of America has skinned over a hundred squirrels in the night. I said, I guarantee you, you're the only one. Do you think oh, about man. that? that you one know, that's guy. A... Go ahead. One guy. And there's no hair on that squirrel. He'd skin the squirrel out, and then somebody would cut it up. And, uh, well, a lot of times Mark would cut the squirrel up right there while I was hanging. And I said, man, just keep skinning. We'll cut him up over here. And, uh, but I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, when we're putting up fur, the average Joe would love it. If you, a guy likes coon hunting or squirrel hunt, they'd love to see how we do it. I mean, we've got the process. That's cool. Um, That's I a mean, lot of work for $3, though, isn't it? Well, the squirrels aren't too bad, but the coon are. Uh, because the, the squirrels don't take very much scraping. We've got, but well, there again, we're so set up for it. I yeah. mean, I've got, I've got a, a, a skinner with a, a foot pedal on it. You know, they open up the fur like the uh, coyote. The coyotes are your, your hardest. There's no doubt the coyote's the hardest thing to skin. But, you know, if you shoot a deer tonight, you're bringing it over to Chuck's. We got a, we got a, uh, uh, we can pull him up for you. We can hang him for the night. We can wash him out for you. You can gut him right here. You don't get sticks and leaves and everything else in that deer. And if you call me, I'll bring my ranger over for them in driving distance. If not, I'll put it on the trailer, but we're going to get your deer out for you. And we'll hang it here, or we can we can uh, uh, skin it inside. I mean, we are we're all set up. I mean, that's what makes it so good. And that's just like Blake said today. 
he said, this place is set up so well. You know, we got to walk uh, probably 50 feet from the kennel. We got them on the uh, uh, walker. Uh, you can pull right down beside the kennel and load your dogs and unload your dogs. Uh, I mean, everything is right here. We got every knife that you'd ever want for skinning. Uh, got every knife you would need for scraping. We've got the everything set up. Everything's got a place and it's in that place. So the next guy come, there might be three o'clock in the morning when crew or coon were worth something. And uh, maybe I didn't go, or maybe I come home early and I look down there and the lights are on, somebody's skinning. Uh, but we also, it's clean. It's, I mean, uh, we got a big TV down there and they're watching TV or they're playing cards or they're drinking a beer or they got a football game and, and somebody else, uh, two people over there working with the fur, or we got dogs on the treadmill. Um, it's just a fun place. It sounds like a... Uh, You're going to uh, have a lot of editing to do on this one, aren't you? No, this is in there. Uh, I love this. This, this is every hunter's dream. <laughs> Listen to that. It sounds like a community where your buddies come and hang out, and you got a place to do it. Oh, uh, it's, it's really neat. I mean, we're really fortunate, and like I said... Uh, <laughs> If Jody knows something's going on, nobody, if you come, you got to eat, you know what I'm saying? Or we go through a ton of pizzas or uh, whatever it takes. I mean, um, but that's what we do. And, and it's, um, it's just a, it's just a good deal. Some of the dogs have been in guys' weddings, Mark's wedding and his buddy's weddings. And, and um, it's, it's really neat. It really, we're just fortunate. We're, but I mean, to have, all these friends and and you know we know people all over the place we can go hunting just about wherever we want to go but we never try to be too big for our pants yeah we uh, uh but if you want to have fun come see us and you know it sounds we, like a lifestyle like i said earlier it's just a lifestyle yeah it 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 it, it, it just is i mean this is you know you have people that are into horses or into cattle or into hogs or whatever they're into we're into dogs yeah we're into this and we've been in it for a long time and um you know um i kind of strayed a little bit mark kind of mark doesn't like to coyote hunt too much because he says dad i thought you never owned a dog that didn't tree well <laughs> those coyote dogs don't tree very often <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, not but, supposed to anyways no they're not supposed to and uh so i mean that's just part of you know, I guess you called us to want to know a little bit like who we are. And that's, that's just who we are. We're just, we're well, just every day, every day. You, you know, know a lot of the guys on here enjoy hearing about dogs, but it's good to put, you know, a, a, a what they're doing to the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you yeah, We only I, see I, each I, other on the hunts or on Facebook or whatever, but I think it's awesome hearing about I guess how people live and in their day to day, because that tells me a lot about that person, you know. And that and that's probably true. There's probably a lot of truth to that. And 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 I mean, um, you know, when I think that one year we put 500. I don't have the count right, but 500 and some coon up, and 600 and some squirrel up, and probably maybe 50 coyotes up. Wow. Here's what I want you to take. How many steps or how much mud did we have to walk through to kill those coon or those squirrels? And how much do we have to pack out? And then we got to bring them home and we got to skin them. Then we got to get a, take all these carcasses back over to the farm and get, get rid of the carcasses. 
Okay, then we roll them up, we put them in the freezer. Okay, then we get a bad spell uh, in January or something like that where we say, hey, got a bad weather here for a week. Let's put coon up. We could put up, we put up about 40 coon a night and we put up 50, 60 squirrels uh, a night. So we got enough to put 100 coon up at a time to dry. And then in between each coon, we can put a squirrel. We have a we have a hook that we put the mink boards on. We have different size mink boards. We have female mink boards and male mink boards. Um, and uh, so, and and we primarily put fox squirrels up. Now we will put some grays up if we get in some gray squirrels, but up here we have mostly fox squirrels. So if a person would come over and they watch, say for that week, they see us put up about 120 coon. And then we put up, up a little, probably 150 uh, squirrels and then when all these are drying to see that to walk in that building and i mean it's 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 not an old fur shed where it's all dirty it's all pretty clean and it's real clean we wipe everything down every night when we're finished and to see all that fur if it's in your blood you really like it oh, i mean the front I, of, I mean the front of that barn where you put that picture yeah i was just amazed i zoomed in i was like golly yeah. Oh, they're all sized. You got to, they make so much fun of me. Uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm a particular person. I really am in life. And believe me, they all got to be straight across there. And we, we size all our coon according to the size charts that we have here. So everything's sized. So every hanger has, they, they, they got anywhere from 3X to 2X to XLs to large, to, you know, and we, we have everything. Every, but it's, when it's all done, yep, it's a lot of work. Yes, but sir. Well, you know, there was some truth to that. You said how many miles? Uh, I was joking around with a buddy the other day, and he asked me about my hip boots. And I said, I'm sure I'll get another pair about wintertime. He said, why? And I said, well, I just noticed, like, some briars. My ba- my pants are getting a little damp. I guess I've been – I got in some bad briars or something. And he's like, well, how long you had them? I said, I ain't had them a year. I said, but I, ain't, I probably put 200 miles on them. He laughed, and I got to thinking. I said, "You know what? I, I just threw that number out there. I bet after doing the math in my head, I said, I, I'm sure I've got well over 200 miles oh, on." That's like Blake and Ronnie. If they miss a couple days of hunting, they are not fit to be around. They'll pull in. They go, "I'm going, man. I'm telling you what, <laughs> I'm done. I should be doing this, but I'm." They they've got that drive, and you know. There's a lot of people out there like that. There really is. That's what makes, if you want to say, the dog people separate from maybe the deer hunting guys or maybe the bird hunting guys or the trappers just a little bit. Everybody's got their little niche that they really love to do, and that's what they should do. And um, But it's it's kind of funny. Uh, Blake has to work a bunch of overtime. He always say, oh, I finally said I'm out of here. And he goes, I got to go to the woods. And, you know, he gets a little dog therapy, and here he comes. And when Ronnie comes in, it say this morning, you better be putting your boots on or have your boots on because Ronnie's going to walk 10 feet one way, and he's going to turn around and walk 10 feet the other way. It's like <laughs> he's saying, let's go. Let's he pays go, Let's go. Yeah, he's paying. Oh, absolutely. I always tell him, quit wearing those boots out and sit down and have a cup of coffee or something here. <laughs> oh, that's goes, funny. Well, yeah, I so wanted... that's who we are. You kind of find you guys kind of find out a little bit who who we are. If you need something from us, if you want a puppy or you want to talk dogs, man, holler at us. Yes, um, sir. Okay. 
For sure. And the last thing I wanted to ask, I know it's time to get off, but Autumn Oaks, what do you, what is Autumn Oaks? And, and do you have a booth there or what? Here's what we got. Here's the deal. Um, Autumn Oaks is a very prestigious, long running, long time uh, coon hunting event. Okay. Um, they hunt a lot of dogs out of there. It starts during the week a little bit. And there's also a PKC hunt there a couple weeks or a couple maybe hour and a half, two hours south of that. So there's a lot going on in the dog world, okay? Um, they'll have vet shows going on for UKC. They'll have uh, the night hunts. They'll have the grand nights. They'll have the night champ. I mean, they'll separate it all up. Um, uh, that's the main thing. You have all kinds of vendors there. Yep. They'll, have, uh, they'll have barns full of vendors. They'll have uh, the outside, lots and lots of uh, tents and, and, and vendors outside also. Uh, uh, they'll have any kind of light company, any kind of boot company. Uh, Garmin will be there. Uh, uh, Dan's Honey Supply, they got a big deal down there at the end of the barn. Um, there'll be dog boxes sold there. Uh, it's, 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 a big, it's a big event. Um, uh, we set up, we have like two tents that we set up, two 10 by 10 tents. So we got like 20 feet of uh, frontage and then we'll have a camper that sets behind that we run a camper down there every year we used to have a motor home but it we didn't use it that much we didn't have time and so i got lucky and uh, a guy uh, rents me a, a camper comes in and sets it up for us uh, all we got to do is show up set our tents up um, we got a display with some of these different pictures like you you saw with all the fur on it and stuff uh -huh. like that um, we used to have puppies that we could take down every year and if we would go down on Wednesday by Friday, they were sold. We don't have any puppies anymore. Um, they're already booked. I mean, we're done. Um, so we don't have any pups to take. But um, the sponsors, Seneca Dog Boxes sponsors us. And, and uh, Garmin does some. And Dan's does some. And, and, but, and Black Gold. And so the sponsors like to see us there also. So we talk to a lot of people every day. It's uh, it's 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 a really fun three or four days that we're down there. I guess you're going for the environment, I guess is what I'm asking. You're not going for the coon hunting. Right. We're not going for the coon hunt. We're going because we used to, if you want to say, sell the puppies and people, there's almost every year there's people waiting for us to come on Wednesday or Thursday to set up. And yep. they'll be sitting in golf carts and, hey, how are you guys doing? And, you know, there again, it's kind of a friendship deal. You meet people over the years and uh, they're there. Um, uh, so like I said, a lot of dealers there, That's awesome. uh, you can see what's new and, uh, you can try some stuff on down there, right? You know, uh, you don't have to order it out of a magazine. It's kind of get a lot. I'm sure a lot of people come for that and, uh, but they got the latest and greatest. Whatever's coming out on the market. It's there. Well, it sounds like kind of like shot show for guns. Yep. 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 I know. Uh, out in Vegas. Yep. yep. That sounds yep. like an awesome environment. I, I guess I kind of knew, but I didn't. I, I knew it was a big coon hunt, but I didn't realize it was that big yep. of a uh, a deal. And I was curious if you were still hunting in it. Yeah, no, it's a very prestigious win. You know, if you win Autumn Oaks, it's a good deal. You know, it's it's a UKC sponsored event, and um, it's a it's it, it is it's a it's a good environment. You see a lot of people, like I said, that you know year after year, but coming uh been doing this for a long time and 
So, yeah, we go every year, and then after that, we come back and we really kind of settle into, you know, our pre-fall thing where we're just getting everybody kind of in shape and and getting used to that that walker and running them in the woods and, and uh, yeah, watching the leaves change a little bit. I heard that. Well, Mr. Chuck, I've had you on here, and I think we've covered a lot. The bad part is, is we didn't talk about that many other dogs, so I might end up, if I can con you into getting on here in the future, talk about some of these other jukebox dogs, I might do that. But oh, Yeah, I'd love to. Yep, we got, and you're right, We there's some really good quality dogs. I mean, we've got dogs with multiple world championship wins, and, you know, that's something else, like I said earlier in the podcast. If you had one dog, be very, very proud of it. We have some dogs that have two, that have three, that have six um, titles, uh, you know, on world hunts. And and sometimes my wife says, Chuck, I think you take too much for granted. She goes, people want to talk to you or this or that. And you just act like, you know, it's it's another world hunt. And I go, you know, um, maybe I got to look at things just a little bit different and kind of slow down and do a few more things it was kind of hard for you and me to get together on this thing. And maybe I just need to do a little bit more of that. So. Well, I, I understand well, you're a busy man. And i tell you what. Thanks for the opportunity. Y- also. Y- yes, sir. It, if I get my first one, you talking about cloud nine, much less two. So there you go. There so, you go. I'll be the first one to congratulate you. Well, sir. I appreciate hey. you coming on here for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you having us. And like I said, um, Give me a call back. If you want to talk about those other guys one of these days, you guys get bored or looking for something to do, and and uh, we'll talk about them. Thank you, Mr. Chuck. You have a good night. Okay, you too. Thanks. Right. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. I really appreciate Mr. Chuck coming on and telling how they do things at their kennels, uh, something about their dog. I look forward to getting him on in the future. We didn't cover many dogs, really just jukebox and kind of how they done things at their kennels in their partnership so i appreciate him coming on y'all go give him a follow and a like over at jukebox kennels on facebook they have a group so y'all go check that out it's got their telephone number email address such as that has pictures of when they win and and uh, i guess breedings and all that stuff so y'all go check that out also like and share the podcast we appreciate y'all doing that We're trying to grow the community, get the word out, and also give us a rating. That's that's really how they push our stuff is the more y'all rate us and give us likes, the more that the podcast subscriber that you're using, that's how much they push our stuff or recommend our stuff is how how often y'all like or comment or give us a rating. So please leave us a like or a rating. Check us out on Facebook. I'm finna get us some content. I also got some videos of the of these in video form on YouTube, Outdoors in Moreland. I'm also going to be coming out with some hunting stuff. It's finna be squirrel hunting season here. So y'all check that out. Give us a like, follow on Facebook. Thank y'all. And as always, enjoy the great outdoors. <laughs>